The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Twitter. You can find me at uh, News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can find me on News News Need on Twitter, CB Caps on Instagram. There we go. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from a none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Uh, and you can find this here program on the Coast Leather Podcast Network at cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast or the Coast Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also find us shouldn't be looking at that right now you can find us recording every thursday night 9 30 ish p.m on the 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 youtube channel of the click nation that's youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles yes folks we are going to start off very swiftly with recaps well first we're going to start off with a recap of obi-wan kenobi part five and uh, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell for both because we're probably going to delve into some spoilers, maybe not like a blow for completely blow for blow spoiler, but we're definitely going to touch upon things. So here we go. Incoming spoilers for both Obi-Wan Episode 5 and Ms. Marvel Episode 2 in 3, 2, 1. Spoilers incoming. Keep your heads down. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, shit. You know what? I forgot to get the recap from you from the thing. So let me do that real quick. Ha ha ha. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5. Um, well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we started off with a, with a, uh, uh, um, no, we didn't. We did not. So last, last episode, um, Lola was bugged. Uh, uh, Vader knows where, um, the, um, where Kenobi is going, and they gave chase to Jabrim, thanks to Reva, um, the, 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 the newly christened uh, Grand Inquisitor. But, um, you know, things don't stay with the, in the Star Wars universe uh, the way you would think they do. So, yeah. Um, 
They manage to escape uh, for temporarily to, to Jabrim. They get there, and then all then it was like, well, now uh, we got to turn around and take uh, take these people back, uh, get these people off this uh, planet, you know, like they normally do. Uh, but uh, like I said, Vader and company are given chase. Uh, the place gets locked down. I'm, I'm doing like broad strokes here. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, and which causes them to kind of hunker down until they can get to, to, to they can get out of there uh, with, uh, with um, a little bit of thanks, uh, even though she was taking her sweet time with, by little Leia. <laughs> Like she took that whole time for that. To, to be fair, you know, yeah, you know, there's a lot of wires and stuff to kind of to kind of go through, um, right? And and what we find out is that not is it not is it just the tracking device that uh, that Reva plants on Lola, but it's also you know it's essentially a restraining bolt. So the so so the droid is doing things that the droid would not do normally. Right. So that was the, that, that's usually the thing. Like that kind of, yeah, the, the restraining bolt is a, you know, a long time thing in, in in Star Wars and I don't remember them actually ever using it to you know, take control of a droid to have it, you know, sab- to, to 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 go against. Well, I guess it's not really going against its programming per se, but um mm-hmm. you know, usually imperial droids are kind of already already you know have their programming written or overwritten i guess most of them have if any of them have restraining bolts on them so to to have it used in this particular manner was unusual to me i will say no absolutely i you know my i I was uh scratching my head a little bit when we got to that point just because i was like oh i didn't know they could do that right like i've seen them yeah you've seen them like hey if they try to run away that's what that's that's what restraining bolts do keep them from doing that exactly but not necessarily like do my bidding type situation so that was it was very weird but hey you know it could have been something that was not readily known or maybe it was in a book somewhere that that's that's um that that happened in so one other thing that we get in this episode um, you know, on during the trip to Jabim, uh, we get a flashback, and the flashback is where mm-hmm. I finally get what we were exp- what I was expecting. Yes, yes, you do. Which is an but- actual an actual appearance by Hayden Christensen. <laughs> so, okay, now, and that part was kind of interesting to me because I was I was looking to see if like is that him like now, and they just kind of you know did his hair a little differently and. Like granted, Hayden Christensen is not that terribly old, but mm-hmm. obviously it has been some time since you know Attack of the Clones, Return, uh, Return, Revenge of the Sith. You know, it has been quite some time. So, which you know, like I said, he doesn't look that much different, but at the same time, it's like, did they try to de-age him a little bit, or was that him and just I, just like did his hair different? I thought it was a mix. Yeah. I thought there was definitely some heavy makeup. You know, yeah. try to smooth out some of the the wrinkles. Right. Uh, obviously, they changed his hair. They put the uh, the Padawan braid back on him. Mm-hmm. But, um, I I felt like there had to be some digital de aging, just a touch. Right. You know, I don't know if it was all makeup, or if there was just a touch of digital de aging. Right, and that's what I was, I was sitting there kind of. Worried. What I was going to say is, just before you move on, I think Obi Wan was just makeup. I mean, and like yeah. more beard. That's what it looked like to me. Right. Yeah, because like yeah, because he had a beard on him the whole time, so it wasn't like that was going to change him 
from from right. the way he looks now. You know, hell, you take the beard off of him, and then you get his character from um, that Harley Quinn movie. Like he he looks different almost every time. Other time you see him in mm-hmm. something, so you know, I guess it wouldn't. It doesn't take that much. But uh, at any case, you're right. So this is a, a flashback that we see kind of off and on during the course of this. Um, during the course of this episode, and I guess right. it's supposed it to be like... To, right, it gets referred to, it's kind of like the central theme of the story, of this particular episode. Right. Um, right, and, and and it does kind of, there is, it goes somewhere basically with that, because, you know, um, it's basically a, I, a, a sparring session between Obi-Wan and Anakin at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, and uh, you know, you see one getting the the over the uh, the upper hand over the other at certain points, and and it all ends up being a teaching lesson for Anakin at the end of it, um, as as we end up finding out anyway. But like so you you start you see the the points in the past and what Vader is doing in the quote unquote present uh, of Obi Wan kind of matching up uh, during the time. But well done. Um. So yeah, like I said, um, they get to jump the rim, um. Uh, uh, Vader's after him. Vader catches up to him. Uh, they end up having to, the the place gets locked down by Lola, who's who's under control of the of Reba. And like I said, they have to kind of get uh, um, get the get the uh, the hangar unlocked. Um, all the while holding off uh, Reba and crew at the same time. Um, and uh, Obi Wan gets the gets the thought in his mind to uh, try to solve for time, where he talks to Reva. And I guess starts to realize that she is indeed the Padawan, one of the Padawans um, that was at the temple um, uh, during the night of uh, Order 66, because that's how she knew Anakin was Vader. Because at the time he was going by Vader when he when he uh, when he went. Right. She literally sees him. Right. Oh, What's what's funny about this is that it was obviously completely telegraphed from the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone who suspected it, you know, was 100 percent on the money. But I thought it was a pretty clear, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty clear sign that the one kind of female looking black uh, uh, a youngling actually turns into turns out to be Reva as a young, you know. Right. Right, it didn't take that much. They zoom, that they zoom in on, right? right. <laughs> yeah, like I said, yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily that hard to 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 put two and two together on that one. So <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be something secret or not, but like, right? I, I, you know, you know what it is? It's one of those things where everyone was like ninety nine point nine, but that point oh one was right. that just little bit of doubt until confirmation. Right, you had to have that, that one bit of clarification to to to, uh, <laughs> to to catch it. So yeah, but. So I guess it would, to go into that part real quick because like we're kind of halfway through the episode anyway. Um, uh, we find out that Reva was the one at the uh, um, at the at the at the temple. Uh, the other lunglings get slaughtered. And now two things: she had some with her. Uh, there was like four or five with her, and she was like she couldn't help them. And obviously, she blames she partially blamed Obi Wan because Obi Wan was Anakin's um, uh, master, which. Sure, makes some sense, but you really can't control. You know, <laughs> those are certain things you can control with other people. You know, um, right. uh, and two, 
she was like, she hid amongst the bodies. Spoiler. I guess this this one is probably the one bigger spoiler that we'll that that if it is a spoiler for anyone that we'll put in here. That she hid amongst the bodies. And I'm sitting here like when that when she said that part, I'm like a good force sensitive person like Anakin would probably be able to figure out the fact that, you know, that um, she's still alive. Unless she was good enough at that time to, to, to be able to hide it or, or put it down, bring down her power level like Dragon Ball Z or something. You know. So that part right there kind of stuck with me for a second. I was like, I feel like you should be able to sense that. But as we come to find out, yeah, apparently he did. <laughs> I mean, what's 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 awful about that is that it's just eerily, you know, it's eerily timed. You know, right. they, the the uh, this episode has a warning at the beginning of yes. the episode because you know it does have it does evoke imagery. It doesn't it doesn't show that right what Eva talked about, but it does it does evoke imagery that unfortunately is very reminiscent of how. Uh, uh, children were able to survive the recent mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Right. So I thought that was, you know, and obviously this is supposed to be a parallel. Right. To, or uh, any other shooting. such thing uh, like it, because I know there's been others like it, but yeah, they're just unfortunately happen to be recent. Uh, exactly. Recent ones. So I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, no, no. It's just that, you know, it, this is meant to evoke a parallel, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the killing of younglings. And, uh, you know, it just so happened that, you know, it, it was reminiscent of a very recent mass shooting, you know, because the, the kids are a little older. Right. You know, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that is the, the unfortunate. Yeah. Sorry to, uh, yeah, sorry to bring the mood down. No, 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 just, no. But no, it's, 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 it's no, very it's, much a, uh, something that was front and center on my mind when I saw that warning. I was like, what could this warning be? Oh. Right. I didn't, I didn't think about that either until then, too. I was like, yeah, because I was like, what in the world? I'm like, wait, somebody's going to get, you know, uh, ran through with a lightsaber or something? And people... Oh, like, we saw then, that. Well, we and did that see that. Exactly yes. worth the warning. Yeah, but, right. But well, I was yes. just like, but like you, I was like, uh, what in the world is this about? And then, like you said, it was like, oh, okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah, get to that running through with the lightsaber though. So yes. Yeah, so, oh, and I got something on that part too. So we'll quickly get to the past that part. So we, like I said, we find out that uh, Reva blames over one because of uh, because of Anakin, you know, being Anakin's master. Um, uh, and then fight happens with um, you know uh, stormtroopers and and Reva and Obi Wan and 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 um, Obi Wan and Reva. But Obi Wan's like, hey, look. I know you're trying to get Vader, so you know we can get up together. Which I thought I'm like, oh Lord, she's going to die now. <laughs> this is right. not going to happen. She's going to die. Um, so then you know, fight happens. This stuff happened. They um, and then um, a bunch of other stuff. Like I'm not going to spoil the whole thing because it just happened yesterday. Uh, yesterday after recording, but uh, I will say at the end of this particular um, episode. It seems that an, a comeuppance may have may have uh, well has happened, and what uh, a few people, myself included, probably thought may or may not have have happened, or at least not has happened yet. Um, be, and I say that because we have seen people cut in half in the Star Wars universe and come back alive. We have seen people on this very pro on this very um show 
get ran through with a lightsaber and happen to come back. (laughs) Which we knew that was going to happen. But, you know... So it's quite possible what happens at the end with the, with the, with the one particular character doesn't seem to be. It doesn't stick right the, away. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to be the the finality of that character, especially with yeah. what happens. And it's definitely teased, right? It's definitely teased that this character has more to pl- has more of a role to play. Right. Um, we do, in fact, lose a character yes. that had played a role in the show. Um, it was very sad. You know, mm-hmm. but very, you know, uh, you know, uh, the character does go out honorably. Yeah, you know, but also uh, I kind of figured. So, yeah, kind of figured that one would actually go. Because I figured there's, there's going to be at least a couple of char- characters going. Like one in particular right. that's maybe still around for right now. And that particular character, I didn't think that one was going to stick around. Because let's face it, there aren't too many women in, in Obi-Wan's life that stick around. <laughs> yeah, listen, there's a, there's a minor sad. spoiler right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this this person was necessarily not necessarily in his life per se, but happened to be running around in this particular thing. But yeah, that is kind of a minor spoiler either way. So yeah, mm-hmm. that women seem to die around Obi Wan. Go figure. It's not easy being a rebel. Yeah, or or, or a lover. You mm-hmm. know, Obi Wan is a, is a lover Jedi. <laughs> I was honestly, I was kind of hoping that character was going to be, uh, or at least the person playing that character was going to be Asajj Ventress. Uh, but like I said, since this person came in, that wasn't the case, or they came in as the person that they came in as that wasn't the case. I'm like, well, okay, fine. This is, they're not going that direction. <laughs> so. But yeah, like I said, at the end of this episode, we find out there's a little bit more to go because there is one more last episode, and I don't know if there's one more meeting between Obi Wan and I assume there's there's going to be one more meeting between Obi Wan and, and Vader, since that technically didn't happen this episode. Um, but I guess we will find out. Yeah, I guess we will find out next episode, which is the finale, right? Right. I don't know if we're going to get Vader again. I think we might. I, well, let me first of all, I know we will, but I don't know to what extent. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, whether we're just going to get to, you know, like, all right, Grand Inquisitor, go do your thing, and I'm just going to be over here doing something else, or he's just going to follow this through, and then Obi-Wan gets away again, or, you know, which obviously probably will, but... <laughs> Given what we know, <laughs> given what we know, he 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 lasts a little bit longer than this. So, whether this is going to set up something, you know, setting up that or setting up um, something else that that may show up in the comics or something, we don't know. But yeah, outside of that, good episode. We got a little bit more of um, Ice Cube Junior. I, I don't want to call him O'Shea Jackson Junior. Get that man his, you know, get his, his his own props. He's his own man, you know. Um, um, Kamel Nanjani shows back up again. Right, doesn't completely do his job. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which is leading us into partially leading us into <laughs> the the last episode. Like, damn, mm-hmm. you had one job, dude. Seriously, seriously. Didn't even do that. Hold on to this for me, please. Right. That's all you had to do. And watch this kid. Well, I mean, he did, you know, actually he didn't even do that because technically, you know. Technically, everyone else did it. Right. So so he was just kind of there. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. where'd he go? Uh, which I'm, um, 
are, are we done with Obi Wan? Because that's just reminding me of uh, something from Miss Marvel. <laughs> no, I think we're done. You know, we you know it's uh this is I feel like the episode where you know a lot of things paid off. Mm-hmm. I also felt like there were some plot holes in this episode. You know that 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 came up, and I was kind of like, well. It's Star Wars. What, what what am I expecting here? It's never going to be, you know, unless it's the Filoni verse, it's never going to be that tightly, dra- you know, that tightly interwoven. Well, even in the Filoni verse, though, they've had chances to go come back and, you know, fill that in. Right. I don't know if we're going to get that here. Like, that's why I was saying, like, I don't know if this is going to come up someplace else or, you know, even or some of these characters or, well, we know the, the grand, we know the Inquisitors come back because they're in Rebels. Um, mm-hmm. there are in rebels. Reva probably mm, we don't know. That, that that's the one thing we don't know. Camille uh, and Jody's character we probably will we'll never see again, even though he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are there are those characters that that. Well, I take that back. I guarantee that character's probably going to show up in a um in a book. In a in a comic book yeah. at some point. So, More likely than not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just justice for uh, Sun Kang. Oh yes, yes, because that is we haven't the, seen him in a couple episodes. That's true. Well, we did see him last episode, but even then, yeah, it wasn't that much. Like he was kind of there when she <laughs> when she yeeted that ship. But um, yeah, you're right. They're like he, they really hadn't done much to him. And again, that is a character we're going to see in Rebels. But yeah, I don't think we're they're going to do too much more with him here. Right, because he was bucking for that first seat, but now that you know, you know, th- there's been a, a, a another shift again. Yep, I, I can't say that that's that's gonna they're gonna just put that to the to the side back again. Yeah. So. All right, so we'll move on to uh, Ms. Marvel episode two because I think we've already spoken at length about uh, Obi Wan episode five. I think so. So, right, so yeah. there's a lot to discuss here in this mm-hmm. episode there's a lot happening indeed in, in including a very interestingly um and very unexpected use of bad boy by, by Mace <laughs> to you know start off funny? the show what's funny is that i literally had that song on my brain for some other reason oh that's funny i don't know what it was like earlier in the week and then when I tuned into this uh, in, into this on Wednesday, I think I watched I watched Obi first, mm, and I then this too. I watched in the evening. Okay. So even before Wednesday, I think it was like Monday going into Tuesday or sometime on Tuesday. I had, for whatever reason, I had this particular May song in mind. Mm-hmm. And then it played. I was like, "What? What's going on here? Right? Is, is it time to play the lotto?" That you know, yes, I would say yes to that. <laughs> Seriously, I, I might have to go, you know, uh, on my way in tomorrow, stop and get some lotto tickets. Yeah, I mean, certain look, coincidences like that don't happen, you know, for no reason. So, yes, you might as well take advantage of it. I just laughed, I was like, wow, that's funny. But a- a- anyway, yeah. uh, carry on. So, actually, um, uh, if you're if you go speaking of all the song choices that they cho- that they used in this episode before we get into it, um, I just put in, um, um, I just put in the show notes. Uh, so if you're following along later on with the show notes, the, in the ClickBank section, there's a um, an article with all the songs that were used, including the aforementioned uh, Mason Puff Daddy song that started off with. 
So yeah, yeah, make feel so good. The, the, the song is actually titled "Make Me Feel So Good," which makes me laugh because I thought it was bad, 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 bad boy or no, whatever. Just, yeah, it just feels so good, and I yeah. completely forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, feels, yeah, is it just feel so good? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I never owned that album, so I never knew. I think I do have that Mace album. <laughs> I, I feel like I do, but um, but anyway, the, the, the less said about that, the better. You know, the Bad Boy era, era is all encompassing. Sadly, <laughs> anyway, um, do we get an, uh, the name of this episode? I can't. Oh, um, it is titled. Oh, let's see here. You know what? That's a good question. I don't think I see it on this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't see it on the the, the thing. But um, I can go into Disney Plus and check it out. But either way, but, um, so the broad strokes of this, we get. Um, um, I'll, Kamala, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. I'll look, we get Kamala ahead. feeling kind of good. Obviously, bopping through the house with. A, this was a song heavy, um, a, a song is heavy uh, episode. By the way, not a musical, but you know, it was kind of song song heavy. Um, she's feeling good because of, you know, she got her newfound power. She, she goes to school, which I think the next, probably the next week. Uh, cause I think that, that Avengers Con was on a weekend and she gets back to the weekend and everybody's talking about her and come to find out that Zoe is, a um, who was already an ugh, influence influencer, got more views because of, uh, what happened at Avengers Con. Um, you know, but like I said, um, uh, Kamala's kind of bopping along uh, through, through the halls of the, hall, uh, the, the school. Uh, she meets up with Bruno. Like, uh, not going to go through with it. For some strange reason, there's an Ant-Man reference, in, in the, uh, which was kind of funny, to uh, them both being younger than they look. Which, right. you know, so, a lot so of people epi- say. Right. The uh, episode is called Crushed. And oh, right. it carries multiple meanings in this episode. Yes, indeed. Because and one that I totally did not expect to, 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 for us to see, but I guess it makes a whole lot of see sense. Um, so yeah, she's um, like I said, bopping through the hall. She, um, Zoe's got more, more, more views. Apparently, she gets uh, thanks to Zoe gets the name of Nightlight. Uh, right, Molly gets the name of Nightlight, which I feel like Night Monkey and Night, Nightlight should have a team up. If you if you you know you know going back to that, but mm-hmm. then we end up meeting um, the this new student named Cameron, not to be confused with the with the rapper because I spelled this that's a lot of different. I thought the same thing mm-hmm. because what's funny is I don't know if you ever met anyone with the name like that that's spelled the same way. No. Right. So I've heard it pronounced Cameron. Yeah. I can't like like Kirk Cameron. You know C A M E R O N. Right. Right. I've never heard this pronounced Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, purely anecdotal on my end. Sure, sure. Right? So they're pronouncing it Cameron, and I thought as well about the Dipset guy. Right, and it, gets, it kind of depends, because I noticed there's, I think there's a couple of people that kind of pronounced it a little bit different. There was a couple of them that kind of put a little bit more on the A, like Cameron, but, mm-hmm. or, or I think it was, was it her brother or somebody? But, or, but regardless, it was like Cameron, you know. Like that. So, and I believe this is, if you remember the story in the comic books, this is the dude that's a uh, red sash. That ends up being red sash. I think red that's sash. the same one. Yeah. You remember, like, it was like in a later volume. I want to say it's the same dude. I should have looked that up. No, oh, no, I think this is, that, that's Red Dagger. Red Dagger, this is, yeah. This is yeah, not yeah, Red yeah. Dagger. Because right. She meets Red Dagger in Pakistan. But you sure that's not the same dude? 
no, this this guy ends up and and spoilers for the comics, folks. But we already rang the spoiler bell for everything. So you know, our spoilers encompass not just the 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 TV show, but the comics. My understanding is that this Cameron guy or Cameron guy was a fellow Inhuman, and he goes bad. That's what I recall. Oh, I mean, that you know, dude. To, right. Okay. So the wikis were gonna go, but I'm pretty yeah. sure my. Uh, uh, my my hunch is going to be correct. Actually, and given what happens at the end, or, or what potentially happens at the end, you might be right about that. Because uh, I, I totally forgot about that dude. Right, that's how I remember it. So, but um, in any event, as as, as Roddy Cat said, so um, so uh, just to get us back on track here, we were talking about. Um, Meeting this Cameron or Ca- uh, Cameron uh, character, and there is a big party that Zoe invites Cameron to. Cameron to, and uh, Kamala, uh, Nakia, and Bruno are like, well, well, at least uh, Kamala is very intent on following up meeting Cameron. By going to this party, also, yeah, yeah, both come yeah, both. Uh, well, actually, that was when they when they got to the party because, um, yeah, and like you said, K- Kamala was smitten. Uh, they weren't going to go to the party until Kamala saw a dude, and then they end up going to the party. Uh, Bruno's like, because uh, he already kind of sees <laughs> that that she's kind of smitten with him. Um, both uh, Kamala and Nakia are both going gaga over the dude when he jumps up when he comes out the pool. You know, right? No, and but apparently remember, knows... they, you know, they were, they, you know, like, uh, and when they introduced him in the school, they're like, "Oh, you're the new senior," right? right? So, you know, if there's one thing I liked about this, it's like, oh, okay, so Zoe's not, you know, she she's not um, discriminating against this dude just because he's of uh, uh, South Asian descent, right? She's just like, "Hey, you're cool. Come to my party," right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That that was the thing. So yeah, they uh, go to the party. Uh, they meet up with dude. Uh, Kamala's like kind of little goo goo gaga. <laughs> Bruno's like, uh, what's happening here? Um, apparently, the, the cops end up coming and they all jump in dude's car and, and mm. roll out. Um, but then there's this side thing that happens where Nakia's running for some council uh, at the the, the mount's mosque. Uh, right. So and uh, they're do- so they're doing that, and all the while um, Kamala's trying to find out a little bit more about the bangle, uh, and needing Bruno's hurt, and Bruno's kind of love struck, not necessarily love struck puppy, but he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of crushed because she's because he's seeing the fact that you know his crush is is crushing on someone else. Uh, so you know, uh, apparently Kamala drives again in this episode. <laughs> And uh, yes, you were right about who that Cameron dude is. Uh, he's another Inhuman. Uh, he's right. the other Inhuman. Dude. I totally forgot about that dude. I thought right. I thought it was a uh, Red Sash. Right, and we don't know if they're leading to some form of introduction of the Inhumans, or if this is going to be. There's a there's rumors that they're going to use another group of superpowered characters mm-hmm. and introduce them here instead of the Inhumans, which I think is the wrong move, but. You know, right? 
But we'll see how it plays out. We're, you know, we're already two episodes into a six episode story. Right. So I could be grasping at nothing here, but there was an, an Easter egg in here that you, you may or may have sir, uh, caught when they were in the car the first time. Or no, they were, excuse me, when they were in the Kamala and Cameron was in a restaurant talking, they were talking mm-hmm. about Kingo. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah. So Kingo, they were talking about other Bollywood things, which I presume were real. Right. Right. They were actually, I, I felt like they were making real Bollywood references. As soon as I heard Kingo, I'm like, oh, eternal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I would not know about the other Bollywood stuff, but I assumed the same thing. And then, yeah. And then, you know, uh, bring up Kingo, which it had me laughing for a second. It was like, okay, one, just saw him, <laughs> just saw him in, in Obi-Wan. And right. two, of course, makes sense because he, you know, he's been running around for generations as a as a Bollywood star, as his own Bollywood, as his own family members. Right. Uh, no, uh, if I recall, they they said something about, oh, I I love the grandfather, and, right? And, like, you know, Kingo like, Senior, uh, Senior, exactly, Senior, and then there's Junior. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember that. Right. I was like, it's the same person, but they don't know that, obviously. So that was kind of funny to me, also. So I'm kind of wondering. Part of me is kind of wondering if they're playing into that, or is that just purely Easter egg? Is what we're what we're what we're um, thinking it is, right? Uh, but like you, I'm like I don't know where they're going with this powers thing, so we don't know. Um, I think another thing is we come to find that it has something to do with um, Kamala's mom's side of the family, as we come to find out in this episode. Which I thought in the comics wasn't the, uh, her and human genius from her dad's side. Right. I mean, what, what's funny is that, well, you know, like, uh, what, what part of the episode are we in? Uh, we're kind of in the middle where they're, um, well, we're past the party part. Let's put it that way. Where she, right, and right, we're past right. the driving but part. So, so we had already passed the training part. Right. Right. During the training part, Bruno makes, a, makes mention of the fact that the power is not emanating from the bangle, but from inside Kamala. Right, and that the pango right. might have just just uh, unlocked it. Exactly, and I'm like, huh. So there's still a chance that she's inhuman, but it could be something else. Right. We'll see which direction they choose to go in. Right. Yeah. Like I said, until they until they spell that out, we still don't know. Uh, so yeah. So after the Kinko talk, Kinko talk, uh, they meet up with um, her brother. Uh, Kamala's brother and sister, well, about to soon to be sister-in-law Taisha, which also from the uh, from the books. Um, and she introduces Cameron as her co- co- uh, cousin, which I figure like he would he would know better. That's the case. He was suspicious at first, and kind of went with it. So Taisha was like, "All right, cousin," because <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like she mm-hmm. knew. So. Uh, and they mentioned Karachi, which yeah, that's you know that that is a thing. Uh, and then the, um, they cut to a family dinner where they talk about um, more family stuff, and they talk about the um, um, the partition, uh, which I and forgive my ignorance on this, but I assume that's a real thing. Right, I'm presuming that was a real thing too. You know, my I, I appreciated some of the background that they gave us here in this episode where Nakia makes a, an excellent point where we spend in where, you know, in grade school, we spent, you know, weeks and weeks on European history. But, you know, right. like a day or hours at most or mm-hmm. 20 minutes at most on history surrounding other parts of the world. In this case, South Asia and the Middle East. Right. So it was, you know, uh, illuminating, you know, and, and just a reminder yeah. to, 
to me and to probably the vast majority of the uh, viewers of this episode that, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a, a grim reminder, a stark reminder that, you know, we, we are, you know, woefully uninformed. Right. About a, a lot of the history that, 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 that uh, exists <clears throat> when it comes to certain parts of the world. And so, you know, with talks about the partition, I'm like, oh, so is this the partition between Pakistan and India and Bangladesh? I think so. Right. So, um, and let's face it, know, it's every every part of the world outside of European that gets get that gets uh, short shrifted. Right. Just, just go ahead and put a point on that. You know, everybody's history that's not European is, is the one that that's, uh, that gets shorted. Exactly. Talking, talking about history and here in the states, anyway. Exactly. I, I want. I wanted to uh, play something very quickly. Sure. Uh, I got a, a nice little notification on my phone, and that'll come in later. That'll come in later with some of the books that we're reading this week. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so yeah, just to kind of finish finish this off. Oh yeah, during this during this conversation at the dinner table, there was a mention of Moniba's mom, whose name was Sana, I believe. Yes, and I assume. That is is that is an Easter egg for Sana Amina. Uh probably. Assuming, because I I meant to look, go back and look and see if that was actually something that was fixed that, that was in the books, as, uh, but I don't know if they go back that far with uh you know with the, the parents' um you know the the parents' uh relationships. Right. I don't remember it myself, but right. uh, I would I would I would think that was um a reference. Right. To Amina. Right. So, yeah, so then that goes into uh, a, a story about uh, Sana's mother, and then I think uh, um, Kamala ends up calling her grandmom, Sana, um, and it was asking for more information about the bangle, which she wasn't really too forthcoming about, and uh, mom's, like, kind of let it go. Um, and, and then... Um, and then this gets back to the other part where Nakia is running for this council, and they're at this. Uh, they uh, they're at uh, Eid Makbarak uh, festival, or oh, as a, uh, Kamala called it, the lesser one. So I don't it was like I, I I could obviously I don't know too much about it. So it was like it's someone you know someone more versed in it would probably find that, find the amusement in that. Yeah, like uh, like Eid Mubarak, and I think it's Eid. Uh, I think it is. Well, Eid, I think the yeah. big one is Eid Al Fitri. Uh huh. So, although now, now I'm going to Google that. Although it's kind of funny because I've heard of this one before and not that one you just mentioned. So, like, I've heard of this before. Um, but regardless, they're at this festival and they're canvassing the place for um, votes for Nakia. But uh, Kamala is trying to also find out information because apparently there's a group called the Illuminantes that uh, seem to know everybody's business. Uh, and she kind of goes to find information about... Um, her 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 great grandmother, and oh, uh, there are two Eids. There's Eid Al Fitri and Eid Al Ada. Okay. Okay. Thank you. If I kept up with, like, I, I have have uh, have had uh, Muslim friends, but I don't keep up with them though, so I don't know. <laughs> um. So what happens? Like I said, they're they're. Kamala's uh, canvassing for Nakia, but also looking for information about her great-grandmother and the bangle. Uh, and then later on that night, uh, something happened to this kid, and, and she, uh, or oh, this kid's way up high, 
on on top of the mosque taking a selfie for some stupid reason. And yeah, I was just like, that's just weird. But I I get it. I get it in this day and age. Right. Well, yeah, because you had that whole group that was in the mosque taking taking selfies for the gram. Right. Right. (laughs) And even was going through some of the groups while they were at this festival thing. So but anyway, Kamala uh, goes to try to save him and she kind of does. But, you know, uh, uh, has a another failing of her power, uh, power, which actually uh, goes back to mention uh, some earlier while she was at the dinner table, kind of had a, I don't know if it was her fa- powers that flash or something, but she had a, um, a vision or something that made her pass out that, and that, um, while she was at the table. Uh, and, um, and then she had another flash while she was trying to save this kid. But luckily, you know, the, the kid was in lesser danger than what he was. When uh, when it happened, uh, but then this sets up the end of the show where uh, Kamala kind of runs away from the scene and gets chased by what I presume to be damage control. Um, uh, but she gets away with them with thanks for Cam- Cameron and who introduced her to his mom. And I guess we kind of did kind of go through the whole thing, but <laughs> that was unintentional. But nevertheless, it was it was. Um, so yeah, the, the whole damage control thing was, uh, was, uh, cause uh, they had interviewed, uh, uh, Zoe earlier, but then started on a hunt. If I thought about it for a second, I was like, wait, are they really starting to do, um, um, what was that last thing for the, um, the last thing that was in the comics with, uh, Kamala and them? You remember where all the kids, uh, all the kids, the heroes had to, um, Oh, like another registration act? Yeah, like I was like, are they doing something like that? Or, like, what's going on here? I don't think I so, mean, but... I mean, they've done it with the grown-ups, right? In a they way. already adapted it with the grown-ups, with the Sokovia Accords, and they've never really, you know, addressed what they were going to do with the teenagers. Well, yeah, because there haven't really been any showing themselves up until, I guess... Yeah, other than or... Spidey. Well, yeah, in a way, I guess so. Well, I guess with Kate too, but te- I mean technically, but she's you know that's kind yeah, of she's not face. powered, right? So, right. You know, at the end of the day, you know they're they're probably on the lookout for the powered individuals, not necessarily the you know, but they'll probably just fold in all the vigilantes as well. So, which also brings up another thing: why is damage control doing this? Not I'm going back to classic damage control, where it's like <laughs> they cleaned up after everybody's misses, and they weren't like DOD type type individuals or or you know like fbi or something I'm like this is weird that they're doing no, I, this i agree but it's just an ad, it's an adaptation yeah and i know unfortunately we're, we're likely to see damage control take on a similar role in the comic book sooner rather than later i feel like they probably did at some point like there's i feel like there's probably a miniseries where they did something similar but i i don't know well you know i mean we we've talked about uh synchronicity and and um and uh, uh, corporate um, synergy. Yeah, sadly, it is a thing. So you know, but, uh, Marvel Studios and uh, Marvel Comics, and obviously Kevin Feige, uh, carrying uh, you know having the position that he has now with Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. we're going to see that more often. Still not six one six, right? Exactly. Still not the six one six. I have to say that I really enjoy the spirit of this show. Yes. Um, obviously, as a coming of age slash coming, uh, you know, becoming a well, I like early stage of a hero's journey for Kamala. This was a very, uh, uh, you know, instructive and, and, and important episode for her. You know, to see her 
realize that she really does need to train more and get a better handle on her powers, you know, as she uh, kind of kind of messes up the rescue right. of that kid that we that Roddy Cat just mentioned, but mm-hmm. you know, not not so badly. Right. So but, you know, it's it, it, we're definitely seeing uh you know the the early stages of the hero's the hero's journey for Kamala and with Cam, uh Cameron or Cameron not Cameron Cameron yeah um uh and 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 Cameron's mother uh, showing up at the end of this episode you know with the with the uh the cliffhanger ending mhm just looking for my cliffhanger sound effect here <laughs> We'll see how this plays out and what they decide to take from the comic books. Indeed. Which, again, you know, we, um, there, there was definitely some dialogue lifted directly from the, the comics in this one. And I suspect that's going to be a thing going, going forward <laughs> since we've already seen it in the first two episodes. Which, just a matter of whether you pick it out or not, you know, is the thing. So, uh, but yeah, that was Miss Marvel episode two. Uh, and now we can go on into the books. Yep. I'll grab a transition right about. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yeah. First book we're going into is uh, Fantastic Four number 44. Fantastic Four number 44 is written by Dan Slott with art by Andrea DeVito. Uh, David Tinto? And Raquel or Rachel Stott. Colors are by Jesus Abertov and letters by our very favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So this is, oh, does it say here on the front page? Oh, it doesn't say that? which chapter of the Reckoning War we're in, but we are right. getting close to the end. Right. And things are moving at a relatively quick pace now. Yeah, I would say given, I mean, I can't imagine what else they could do. Given what happens at the end of this book, I, I can't imagine <laughs> what else there is to do. <laughs> it's it's pretty much like a snapping, but, you know, hey, uh, yeah, this is like Age uh, 70 said, this book's kind of, this, this issue was uh, kind of wild. Because, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's yeah. a lot going on here. So, you know, we'll start, you know, and, and, and Roddy Cat and I will go back and forth because there are several uh, parallel storylines, you know, that, that, that kind of follow our, our, our separated Fantastic Four as they kind of make parallel moves towards ending the Reckoning War. So we, we find ourselves with a little bit of a retconny revelation at the beginning of this issue involving the Watchers and their relationship with the Ultimate Nullifier. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Silver Surfer is uh, on his way back with the weirdest amalgam of the Destroyer armor and Galactus you'll ever see. I thought that was pretty wild. It's still pretty wild. That apparently they didn't use like they thought they were okay. going to. Say again? I said apparently they didn't they they, they intended to use uh, use them a certain way, but it was like, well, nope, <laughs> can't. It's too late now. 
Exactly. Well, you know, this, this is what happens when there are multiple plans to try to end the Reckoning War happening, mm-hmm. and they're all moving at different speeds. Right. Meanwhile, we, uh, we do catch up with Reed, Ben, She-Hulk, and Jack of Hearts, and they end up making their way to uh, the final battlefield. But uh, we don't know what is going to happen to what's going to be the the final fate of Jack of Hearts because there are some heavily implied ramifications here in this uh, part of the story. Right, and that which also makes me question. I well, I guess not not so much questioning anymore because I assume that She Hulk miniseries that is ongoing that is going right now is before this, which I, I feel like that's probably was already established, given. The uh, She-Hulk and, and Jack of Hearts familiarity, mm-hmm. or increased familiarity, I guess, in this uh, story. So I guess that was that. Um, uh, and I still question: Is the Silver Surfer actually silver again? Like, we, have we have we come down on that? We've not clarified <laughs> this. I don't know if Slot ever tweeted anything about it. It might be worth uh, uh, tweeting him a question, right? Because I mean, honest. Yeah, because the way they got him covered, colored rather, um, seems they kind of got him back to to, to, to normal, so to speak. Right. But at the same time, like, so if that's the case, when did this happen? So anyway, that that was just something that kind of yeah. I kind of kind of popped on because like, okay, like this is listen. We've been we've been kind of on that for a little while now, right. mm-hmm. you know, during this storyline because. What's cool about the storyline is that it basically folds in, even though they make very short cameo appearances, it folds in basically every superpowered group in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Got the Guardians, the the the, the Skrull, the Shi'ar, the, the 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 what you call it? Star the, Jammers. Um, the say again? Star Jammers. The Star Jammers. Mm-hmm. You got the the Imperial Guard. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the unparalleled. Uh, yeah, the unparalleled who are a bunch of dorks. They're like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> you bunch of never leaving your planet MFers. Right. You, you, got, the one, you got the one Nova. Right, exactly. Because there are no other Novas at this point right. in the Wait, wait. Com- they got Sam's stamps all around, right? Technically? Technically. But he's not in space. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. We haven't seen him in a minute because Champions is not, not, a, uh, not going on right now. Right, but you know, obviously they're going to use Richard Ryder because he's in space. Sure. So, so yeah, everybody, every, most most of the the, the space space faring folks. Right. So you know we get you know we get a lot of action with that. You know they're they're as I said earlier they're moving uh, uh, along their own path, their own plan, and uh, you know we're getting to the the climactic final battle here. We're kind of partially in it and. You know, we're 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 following through on a couple of plot points. We have Reed with his um, uh, leech-looking head. <laughs> no, 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 not leech, Artie. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> More Artie than leech. You know, and if you if you remember um, Inferno and the Exterminators, then you'll know what I mean. You know, obviously, if you're a fan of the X books, you will have seen Artie and Leech running around in those books. Um, uh, what else? Uh, something funny happens to the Silver Surfer's board that I don't think I've ever seen before. I know, right? I saw that. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I was like, I was like, to me, is everything okay to me?" <laughs> nice. I'm like, I'm like, this is slot writing this, right? Like, this, yeah, yeah. 
It's crazy. But I mean, so I, I, I you assume. Know, if anything, we should tweet at him. No, not to me. <laughs> What'd you do to to me? <laughs> <laughs> you monster. <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, okay, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Because it's almost, almost akin to Cap's shield breaking. Right. The difference is, I think it's not that big of a, it's, it's less of a bigger deal because it is imbued with the power of cosmic, just like Surfer, if I'm not mistaken. Right, so he, he can just, just like, reform it. Right. right. If, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's broken it down into smaller pieces before, but I've never seen this particular thing happen. Right, just like just straight up broke up in half. I'm like, oh no, the board, it's gone. Mm. <laughs> Even he was kind of mm. shook up to him. I wish he had says like, oh no, to me. But I knew he was going to shoot that. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been too, too funny. Uh, we get Doom and Comrade. Yeah, I would have been. Oh, I was about to say oh, yeah, that thought. It would yeah. have been a little um, out of place. Yeah, true, but it would have been you enjoyable because obviously because that that was also Slot's thing, like, as we were saying. Because Slot ran, um, uh, wrote that version of uh, Silver Server where that came about, where Tomb right. came came about, or it came came named, I should say. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we also get Doom and, and Comrade fighting. They, they, you know, they thought they had the upper hand. And didn't didn't exactly work out. Which I was kind of wondering what they were going to do with because I thought there was like a, they're just going to have Doom and this other dude just come in and sweep. <laughs> no, there's always Doom is always overestimating himself, which is hysterical because he's so dangerous. Right. Right. But at some point, he just gets overconfident, and that's always his downfall. True. 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 So they 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 have a good couple of minutes before before um before being uh, <laughs> staged before being uh upstaged by the, the the FF which I I love the way um 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 what's his name Wraith Wrath whatever his name is like you have the power of the sun <laughs> and Doom's like yeah it's because of me <laughs> and Johnny's like really right <laughs> like, he ends up part. getting knocked out too which is which is lame you know which we don't see though. Yeah, it's, it's it happens off screen. I was like, wait, when did this happen? But yeah, like you said, like it was off screen. I was like, all next thing we saw was like Jennifer was like Johnny's down. I'm like, wait, when? We, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> we just had about the eyes for a second. I was about to say you two were probably flipping back and forth. Like, what yeah. just happened? Did right. I miss something? Yeah, I was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll take it for what it is, I guess. But yeah, like we didn't see it, so I was like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I said, well, we don't have so many pages. We gotta, you know, we can't, we can't show every little. Like we're running out of space. Yeah, because you know? there's, like you said, there's, there's a lot in this book. But all it culminates into is that um, um, it, it all kind of comes together. And um, do we want to call it the MacGuffin? Because it actually gets used. <laughs> Uh, the the uh, because going back to what you said earlier about the uh, the ultimate nullifier, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to remember how many times has the ultimate nullifier has actually been used? Like it's been waved in people's faces as a threat. Yes, uh, right. That was few, the, many the times. original the original appearance of the ultimate nullifier was exactly that was just right. waved as a threat. Right, but I don't think we've ever seen it used, or if we've seen it used, I don't remember. Honestly, it probably. It probably has been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just probably a comic neither of us has read. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, we're not counting what if issues because that's likely no. where it's happened before. Well, yeah. Uh, but you know, once we once we uh, once we Google it, you know, we'll see if the ultimate nullifier has been deployed like that. 
So, regardless, uh, th- this was a pretty action-packed book. Um, now, what is going to happen because of what happens at the end, which we won't spoil? Um, we don't know, but we do know, I guess, whatever. Apparently, at the end of the book, it's like, look, it's come down to this. This is important. We told you to keep reading. Like, Slothead kind of teased us like, that sh- sh- shit's going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, some, there's going to be a change. We still don't know what it is. Uh, we had been teased with the fact that Reed's going to die. So we don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Right. Um, or that ends up getting, getting you know, like, like, we don't really know. Like, there's a, co- a couple of things that could be, that, that uh, could happen. Like, we know the, the universe is still there because clearly there are other books going on. So <laughs> the, that, that nine-tenths of the universe is um, probably still safe. Uh, from what we know. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens uh, next issue uh, um, to, uh, to see, see what happens next. But I'm kind of looking forward to it because I'm, I am, my interest is piqued, honestly, to see what, what's, what's supposedly so darn important. No, I agree. I agree. So I agree. Are... This has been a fun, you know, there have been a couple of weird beats during this Reckoning War story, but yeah. overall, I thought it was a pretty well-told story. I thought it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And it brings together a bunch of characters that we don't get to see all the time. And I want to see where Nick Fury ends up from here. Right. You know? So. I, I honestly, um, oh yeah, we forgot about the whole Uatu was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to continue to uh, interfere in people's stuff. But it, to be fair, in this case, it's his own people, so right. I guess he had a right for it. It wasn't like the people of Earth, like he's supposed to be watching over, like it's his own people. So, but apparently mm-hmm. he's just like, nope, I'm just going to do this thing. <laughs> I'm getting into this. Uh, so yeah, I'm. But that being said, I kind of hope. I would like to see him stay Uatu's herald. To what end? And I don't know. Right. But you know, I I, I kind of want to see that. I don't know if I want to see, see him like back on Earth and still doing spy stuff again. Like we don't even see Nick Fury Junior doing stuff like that. Yeah, because it's kind of fallen out of favor, right? Storytelling wise, you know, because we don't see Nick. You know, we don't see Nick Fury in the MCU doing that stuff anymore. Right. You know, the storytelling has just gone in a different direction. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll probably see him in, in the, the Marvels for, for a brief moment. We'll, we don't know. But, yeah, outside of that, you're right. Like, they don't just yeah. really go that way anymore. So, but, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we don't have much of S.H.I.E.L.D. Obviously, S.H.I.E.L.'s been disbanded or right. destroyed or whatever. So, we just don't see it a lot. Right. So, I don't know. What, what would you think you'd want to see with Nick? <sighs> you know, I, I have a feeling that we're going to see, you know... uh an updated version of him being, you know, the herald to uh, Uatu, you know, kind of being like maybe the, um, you know, not the not the uh, the proverbial man in the moon or the man on the wall, but just like someone who does clandestine covert stuff for Uatu, mm. so that Uatu can, uh, in theory, uphold his vow of non-interference. <laughs> right. But Nick is the one pulling the trigger. Right. Maybe sometimes literally. You know? So, yeah. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, I guess we can move on to. Yes, President Bartlett. What's next? Uh, Iron Man, I guess? Sure. We, have a, we only have a few books in common this week. Yeah. So let's do Iron Man number 20. It's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Angel 
Anzueta. That's actually Angel, yeah, Angel Angel Anzueta. It's not Cafu, but uh, it is someone else who is um, well versed in computer assisted drawing. Oh, okay. We were talking before the show. We were talking. I thought Cafu Cafu's name was on one book this week. I thought. I thought it was this one. Well, I mean, I'm going off of your credits. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if that's what my credits say, then that's that. But yeah, I could have sworn I've seen Kafu's name somewhere this week. Yeah, it might be the cover. That could Actually, no, the cover's be. probably Ross. Mm. I don't know. We could check that. But regardless, keep going. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I, I was going to hand it off to you and say that uh, the issue picks up with uh, the ending of Tony Stark's stay at rehab. Yes. And apparently the the thing that we uh nice skater die. Oh, that is oh yeah, that's we'll get to that in a minute. Um <laughs> I forgot about that part, but that was part of it. Uh so yeah, we uh so Tony's three months later, Tony's coming out of rehab. Um and he, uh, apparently um and said no 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 you know shout out to amy winehouse there is that but before we get Rest to that he's amy winehouse indeed we get the fact that apparently the group that um tony had put together to go in space and subsequently killed later on um had formed a, a fantasy baseball group which I, I thought about agent 70 when um uh when when that happened because the mm. way she was talking while they were was sitting there eating, I was like, "Yeah, that's Agent Seventy during the show." <laughs> like that totally sounds like you just kind of just kind of going off into. And I'm sitting here like, I didn't know Patsy knew that much about baseball. But again, you you know, hey, right? And it turns some. out she's looking to watch the Met game. Exactly. Right. So, which uh, which is another reason why I thought about you. <laughs> I so. mean, you know, it, 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 and it's, you know what's funny? We'll get to it. It's uh-huh. not the only mention of the Mets in this week's books. Uh, Moving on. Yes. Uh, apparently, Patsy drives a gremlin, which I thought was a weird pull, but that's a, that was something that kind of struck me at the beginning of the book. So, yeah, but uh, regardless, this is where we get the big proposal, sort of. But the way it sort was done, I know Agent 70 uh, and I kind of differ on a little bit because I was like, I. It, like I know it ha- it can happen that way, and I get it why it kind of happened that way. But at the same time, it's like usually Tony is not one lost for words, especially well, I guess especially still in Avengers. But this is a different book. Um, but also that's a you know different person writing them, and this is a different different way the story's going. But um, the proposal was done in a way that the was um. I don't know. I don't know too many people who would be like, "Oh, this is this is the way I want to be proposed to," <laughs> you know. But um, I guess given uh, given the situation, you can see it. But uh, again, I could feel like still, I feel like I could still see people like pushing back on them, like that's the way you propose, huh? All right, cool, sure. Um, but at any rate, uh, the proposal kind of goes a certain way. Um, leaving the characters to kind of go not necessarily separate ways, but to kind of give themselves some some room to to, to think, space yeah. and time, right? Yeah, some space and time to think and talk. Uh, we meet up with uh, the MVP of this um, <laughs> of this here uh, issue, Chet the Gorilla, um, who uh, apparently is is a um, a, a talking gorilla. Um, 
an actual talking gorilla and not a man with the uh, gorilla, the powers of a gorilla and looks like a gorilla, a la Gorilla Man. Right. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, this is a, um, a gorilla with a high IQ who, um, not taking having Tony's shit apparently because he the the um, he was invited there for a chess match against an, an AI and I did not expect that the gorilla to talk and the gorilla's just like hey how you doing da, 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 da. let me get a job <laughs> right and, and and Tony's like uh I don't, I don't. and I was just like oh I know how it is yeah 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 I'm getting brushed off. <laughs> Which starts, I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, I, th- that was the funny thing. But it also s- starts off a, a, a series of events that just kind of escalates from there. That out of the blue, because like the ch- the, the the gorilla just gets increasingly incensed <laughs> to, for lack of a better word. Like with the with the uh, with the AI the chest with Tony Stark. Um, and it just kind of keeps going. Things mad personally. Yeah, yeah. Like it just kind of goes. I'm like, super personally. I was like, yo, dude, seriously. Like, I get it. You're a gorilla, but you know, because like, chill. But you know, because like, like, it kind of just goes, and it just ends up being this one whole chase thing. We get, uh, we get a very, uh, a very dope um, blast from the past. A deep cut, as as one would say. Uh, right. Thanks to the gorillas tinkering with uh, with Tony's armor, which I, I found um, I, I found uh, quite amusing. Which has this book being my potential click of the week um, because of that, uh, and not just because of the open Wi-Fi that was around when when that whole thing started off. But regardless, like I said, there was a whole series of things that happened and um, ended up getting taken care of. And uh, without spoiling it, the, again, like I said, the proposal kind of kind of goes a, per, a particular way for now, as, as, as I'm thinking. Anyway, whether there will be a reversal of it or some time to think or something like that, we don't know. But, you know, that's probably giving away, giving a, giving a little bit of a way right there. But, you know, nevertheless, it could be a swerve. That's what I'm thinking. I don't I don't have any that on good authority, but, you know. It is a thing. Because we knew the proposal was coming. We don't know. I think we do know it's actually going to happen, right? I feel like we had gotten... That had been said in the solicits. It was in the solicits, and uh, it was teased when the cover came out. Because, obviously, the cover implies that something was happening between the two... You know, between Patsy Walker and Tony Stark. Right. So... Now, whether that uh, ends up happening or whether that ends up being like um, Kate Pride and and um, and uh, Piotr, <laughs> we don't know. But right. regardless, we know it's going to. But then there was this uh, other side plot that that really slid in there, having to do with something that happened uh, that came up at the end of the um, issue, involving some jury, and not the one that uh, that you see on the cover. Yeah, yeah, it's implied I think that it is uh related to a longtime Iron Man adversary. Which had me thinking about another book that didn't come out this week, but also I was like, wait, so that's still around? And then we mm-hmm. got these other ones. So what's going on here? <laughs> but I guess exactly. we gotta wait and find out. Cause I wasn't exactly. really, I wasn't really sure what that, what the whole thing was about. Cause all we just know is Tony was getting a call from some dude, some dude that he was kept pulling off, and then we find out at the end who it was and kind of why. So, 
And, and now I'm very curious about where the hell that's going. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I was going to add just very quickly. There mm-hmm. is a scene where uh, Patsy's kind of like on a soul searching walk mm-hmm. through the streets of New York City, and she's pictured in front of a church. And obviously, many churches in New York City are, you know, designed in of a similar in a similar fashion. But this corner looks so familiar to me, mm. and you know, it's hard. You know, without street signs, it's hard to confirm. But I have a feeling I know exactly where that image was adapted from. Gotcha. You know, it looks to me like it's on broad, like low, like Broadway in like uh, like going towards the East Village in Manhattan. So. Mm. It was very. I was just like, "Oh, I know where that is. That's literally like a couple blocks from a pool hall I frequent." So nice. Not, all right, all right. Not, not you being a pool shark. No, no, not at all. I'm not that good. I, I, I was never that good, but definitely not that good anymore. Gotcha. I am way out of practice. All right. <laughs> Next up, so I think we have one last book in common, then we'll go into rapid fire. Uh, technically two, but one of them can 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 go rapid. Yeah. So uh, Iron Fist, number four sure. of five. Right. So we find out. So I think we knew about this before, but we've got confirmation now that this is a five issue limited series. So this is issue four, the penultimate issue of this limited series. It's written by Alyssa Wong with art by Michael Igg or YG, colors by J. David Ramos and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So the issue opens up with um, where we left off in the prior issue. That being uh, some of our favorite immortal weapons introduced during the Brubaker Immortal Iron Fist run uh, uh, are confronting the current uh, Iron Fist from uh, from uh, Kunlun and uh, hijinks ensue. Indeed, a couple that's... of very, I was about to say, a couple of very um, uh, E Honda moves get broken out too. Nice. Uh, yes, Street Fighter Six coming next year. Um, yes, in, in, indeed, that is the case. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then there's a side story where um, apparently uh, Lin Lee's Lin Lee's older br- brother is looking for. Uh, I guess they're still on the old um, uh, uh, Swordmaster mission, basically, but on from the other side of it. I guess he's trying to. to f- get the body parts together for Chi Cho Yu, whatever his name is. Uh but has to do to but ends up going to the second tomb and meeting up with um old girl from the Swordmaster book. Which I didn't right. expect to see her here. Um so there's a fight going on there and then there's a there, there's the the fight with Fat Cobra and Bride of Nine Corpses with uh Lin uh Lin Lai, uh which end up one going into the other. Um you know, for 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 reasons, and at the end of the book, uh, yeah, he finds out his older brother's still alive, or is still around. I don't know if he was actually ever dead, but something had happened to his dead, his brother, and his dead, uh, which was why why he was on his swordmaster journey in the first place. So I guess they're bringing that into Iron Fist now, for reasons. And I guess being that this is the next to last book, maybe they're going to um tied it all together or something we don't know we were talking before the show it was like maybe they're gonna like maybe the, he's gonna be the foreseeable the iron fist for the foreseeable future um 
or maybe he's gonna fix, they're gonna get his sword fixed. Probably not in the next issue at some point, but um, or maybe um, they're going to make his brother his mortal enemy, and he's going to be the wielder of the sword. Quite maybe, you but, know, because you know, not 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 to sound like these jerk faces who don't like the fact that they took the Iron Fist from Danny Rand and gave it to this punk kid. Uh, you know, they have their own they have their own ulterior motives for for not liking it i happen to not like it for story and character purposes well uh, yeah don't yeah linley is, is not a character and plus we've again already had a, a very well established and well liked uh iron fist and pay so exactly it's like why are they making this fool iron fist come on right but um but in any event yeah so apparently uh, as of the as of the last page of this issue or the the, the uh the 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 preview page at the end of this book, August third, twenty twenty two, is going to be the date that we find out what happens to Lin Lee and all of this Iron Fist stuff. Right. So, and we will let y'all know when that book comes out because we will, yeah, we will, we will definitely be there for it. Yep. All right, we can go into a rapid fire now. Alrighty, I'm about to spin it up. I ain't got time to bleed. Hey, 35th anniversary of uh, Predator this week, this past week, by the way. <laughs> so that was quite Get timely. To the chopper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was very apropos, huh? Yeah. Uh, go for it. All right. So let me lead off with G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, Saturday Morning Adventures yes. number 404. This is uh, published by IDW. It's written by Eric Burnham with art by Dan Sh- uh, Scanning. Or sh- I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Shonen? Yeah, that's what I'm not sure. Um, colors by Luis Antonio Delgado and letters by Neil Uitake. It's funny that I have an easier time with that one, with that name. So uh, if you have not been keeping up with this, we have. And it is just a lot of fun. It's obviously very reminiscent of the stories that were told on the G.I. Joe. They weren't Saturday morning cartoons for either myself or or Roddy Cat, but they were rather afternoon cartoons, sometimes in the morning, if I recall correctly. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the storytelling is reminiscent of it. The effects are reminiscent. Everyone's got the same kind of rifle. Everyone's shooting lasers that don't hit anybody. Um, most of the, um, the impacts that you see are uh, lasers going into vehicles and people jumping out of them at the last second before they go boom. So... Uh, it is very much a G.I. Joe animated feel in this comic book, and it does not disappoint. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. The resolution of it is even crazier than you think. But very and but very in the vein, though. Definitely, definitely. And ultimately, uh, there is also um, a knowing is half the battle ending uh, mm-hmm. sequence, and it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. Um, I hope they. I know Eight to Seven and I both hope they do more of these. It would be great to to revisit this world. I, I was hoping like maybe this was the mini series and maybe they'll do an ongoing because I don't because as far as we know, IDW is still going to have the license for GI Joe, but not Transformers after this summer. Right. So I would love to see more of this because it was just fun to read. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, we just don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see what is going to happen to the license. Right. 
All righty. Next up is Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number one. This is the brand new number one issue that follows um, in the footsteps of Captain America. Uh, was a symbol of truth. That was Sam yes. Wilson's book. Yes. Right. So this is Steve Rogers' book, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. And it opens with uh, an interesting scene. And the book kind of harkens back to a certain period of storytelling in the history of Captain America, where in Captain America, Steve Rogers was more interested in getting his feet, a.k.a. his boots on the ground and living amongst the people, you know, and not necessarily having a, you know, a shield funded, you know, holographic bunker in the middle of Brooklyn. And I really, you know, appreciated some of the finer touches that former guests of the comic book Chronicles, um, uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly put on this book. Uh, it, it, it feels like maybe we need to reach out to them and maybe get them on to uh, see if they wouldn't mind talking about their relaunch of Captain America. Uh, it is uh, very much a nice little ode to the comic book origins of Captain America. At the same time, it feels like they are uh, maybe doing a bit of a retcon. And obviously, you know, comic books are all about retcons. They're doing a bit of a retcon when it comes to the history of Captain America's shield, where a lot of the stuff that has been established, uh, you know, we've just sort of taken for granted and, you know, moved on. But it feels like there is that they're trying to establish some sort of mystery surrounding the origins of the shield. You know, we all know that Myron McClain, uh, you know, uh, uh, came up with the shield as a result of an accident, as the result of a metallurgical accident. Um, but it, it seems like maybe there are some uh, other things that they might uh, talk about. I don't appreciate the fact that they kind of in, uh, evoke some of the MCU looks of the shield. You know, the, the stripes are supposed to be painted on. We're not really supposed to see, you know, inlet, you know, like inlaid discs on the shield. And the star is not supposed to be, you know, carved into it like that. So, but, um, you know, that's just me ranting. The old man's rant. Um, I do have a sound effect for this, folks. I apologize. But, uh, oh, what did I do with, oh, I ch this is what happens when I change the, um, I changed the, uh, my layout because I did a little bit of spring cleaning, folks, around, oh, now it's almost the summer, so it's late spring cleaning of my soundboard. And now I'm like, where did I put this sound effect? Ugh. Ah. What did I do? Sucks. That sucks. What did I do with that? I apologize, folks. I apologize. Well, in any event, just think of uh, Roger Murtaugh and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So, you know, there's a couple of nice little New York-centric uh, uh, drops here about, uh, you know, Steve Rogers um, kind of reassessing his life and, and, and starting off fresh. You know, it is a brand new number one, so they're setting a, a slightly new and updated status quo. As I said, it's reminiscent of some of the uh, the Dematias and and Grunewald books, where uh, where Steve Rogers was kind of living amongst the people, and 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 you know, figuring out uh, you know where he you know w what his status is 
as a you know a living legend and as a symbol. At the same time, he has to stop an attack that is uh, that that takes that 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 comes in the guise of a former um, a former ally, but it's obviously not that former ally. It's just someone who's dressed up as that former ally. And Bucky and Steve are on the case, and we find out there is a mystery brewing, and uh, you know a conspiracy to boot. So that is where issue number one ends up. It's a lot of fun. I'm willing to give it another few issues to see if uh, they don't drop the ball and and lose any momentum on this. I thought it was a pretty good first issue. Uh, Next up for me is Wolverine number 22. Give me a moment to uh, get to my review copy so that I can tell you who else is on this um, book. I can tell you you just off the dome that this book is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Adam Kubert. Uh, they have been a very consistent creative team on this book since it launched in the wake of Hawks Pox. The rest of the team is as follows. Frank Martin is the colorist. VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. So lots of stuff has been developing with Maverick as being kind of going back to his roots of being a, a, a not necessarily a member you know not, not necessarily fighting on the side of the angels deadpool is uh obviously another member of the weapon x project and he is lots he, he proves to be lots of uh comic relief in this you know in the in this issue and in the previous issue wolverine is you know, at his most brutal with Deadpool because Deadpool can take it. There is a lot of 90s-esque action in this. And anyone who appreciates that 90s X-Men feel, obviously, Adam Kubert has not lost a step. He's actually, I think, gotten better. Uh, I think that um, there is a lot to be said for him keeping his game sharp. I think Roddy Cat would do well to flip through this book just to take a look at it. Not necessarily to take in the story because they're, you know, the, the, the story is kind of offbeat. It does tie into some of the stuff that's happening in, in the, the reign of X books, especially with the, uh, the X force book and, and some of the stuff that's going on with the CIA and the mutant desk. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I think it's just fun to look at. And I think Roddy Cat will enjoy it just for that. Last for me is X-Men Red number three. This book is written by Al Ewing with art by Stefano Caselli. Federico Blee and Proto Bunkers Fernando Cifuentes are on colors. And VC's Ariana Mayer, or Mar, is the letterer. So X-Men Red is about the group of X-Men who currently live up on Arako. And... This issue delves into some of the political moves that the X-Men are making on the, you know, similar to the Krakoan Quiet Council, the Arakans have their own uh, command group, and uh, the X-Men are making some moves on that. We all know that Abigail Brand is not who she says she is. We uh, we know that she has some ulterior motives, and it seems that the X Men don't suspect exactly what she's up to, but they ex- they suspect that she does not have the interests of Krakoa and the X Men completely uh, at heart. 
when it comes to the moves that she's making on Arako. So there are some political moves that are made here in this issue involving this group, this governing group on Arako. Obviously, Storm is the queen and the head of um, the uh, the leadership of Arako, but there are lots of political machinations going on, political moves that are being executed in this issue and being set up uh, to go beyond. It was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty good book. It's definitely of the spin-off books. I think this is definitely one of the stronger ones. Mm-hmm. Just because it's got a really strong core cast of X-Men. You know, this is where Storm is going to be residing, you know, in terms of her stories. Um, Vulcan is here. Believe it or not, Cable is here also. Uh, Sunspot, you know, uh, has like a trickster kind of trickster role to play. And, um, you know, it's it's just proven to be, you know, a, a place for Al Ewing to really uh, explore some of these other characters. All right. And that's it for me. All right. Yeah, I was trying to skim through it. Just uh, I only really got to the, the Proud Star bit, which maybe I need to go back and read that giant size with him because it's just like I remember this being a slightly different character. No, not necessarily. No, no, it's not necessary. Is it? It's not necessary. They actually, you know, once you read it carefully, Al Ewing actually does put some um, context gotcha. into in the dialogue. Okay. You know, there's a, definitely a little bit of exposition when it comes to uh, reminding readers uh, what John Proudstar's situation is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, I knew part of what it was. It was like his current attitude didn't seem... No, that's what. No, no, but don't. No, seriously, but that goes that's, that's, so. okay. it, it absolutely touches on that. That's okay. my point. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, that being the case, let's move on to uh, I Am Batman number ten. Uh, shrink, schwank, shrink. Yeah, I'll leave that alone. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, John Ridley written and writes the book. Art, art by Kristen Deuce. Uh, colors Rex Dirt Locus and letters by Troy Pateri. Basically, it's Batman versus Man Ray round two um, over the life of the mayor of New York City, uh, um, which I guess kind of goes a, a certain way, but there's a, another faction of some, let's say, overzealous cops who decide that they want to, or at least one particular overzealous cop who wants to kind of do things his way uh, and not necessarily gets in the way, but um, be- becomes a problem for one of, um, uh, uh, well, I guess not even one of, but Jason's ally uh, in the, the police force becomes a problem for them, not so much as Batman uh, in that equation. But we will see what comes of that in the next issue. Uh, next up is Star Trek, the mirror universe, excuse me, the mirror war, Cisco number one. They're still doing those books. And I feel like I've lost a thread on some of it somewhere. Um, but this is a, a, a one and done having to do with uh mirror universe, Cisco. Uh, if you know, your Star Trek lore and mirror universe, Cisco, you kind of know he was, um, he was the intendant's, um, AKA Nira, uh, Kira Narice's, um, hmm. Uh, for lack of a better word, 
I don't want to say second in charge, but he was his um, boy toy, sorta. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, in in the mirror universe, but again, uh, enough of you that are, are in um, that know about the mirror universe kind of know what they were to each other. Um, I don't want to say pet, but you know, hey, that's. <laughs> Let's you got sometimes you gotta call a thing a thing. Um But this was written by Danny Lore, art by uh Hendry Prosedia, uh colors by DC Alonzo, and letters by Neil Uitake. Um and yeah, like I said, this is uh pr- pretty much the intendant has um Cisco doing a job for her uh that has to do with um uh, uh, half Cardassian, half um, half human uh, uh, person that uh, kind of reminds uh, Cisco of uh, you know some some things he's had to do in the past, I guess. So, and that also have to do with another uh, um, Card- Cardassian that they've been uh, that they're not necessarily at at odds with, but um, you know trying to get out of the picture, put it that way. So, it's a pretty good one-and-done. Uh, like, they've just been doing these stories, these little one-and-done uh, stories in that universe. Uh, whether they're going to come up into anything, I don't know, or they just happen to be for, you know, um, just to have them around, which uh, probably is the case. Just to kind of fill out the world a little bit more. So, uh... But yeah, like I said, if you if you are uh, if you are if you like the mirror universe of the Star Trek, Star Trek, sure, it's a good one. It's a decent one. Um, and actually, I believe that's it. Yeah, that's totally it for me. Uh, All now right, we go to well, clicks of the week. I was about to say before we get to clicks of the week, I wanted to make mention of two things, sports related, sports ball related. Is what Dad likes to say. One, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors on their title. They beat the Boston Celtics tonight. Uh, 103 to 90, winning their best of seven series, four games to two. Oh, and game seven was tonight? Yeah. Oh. No, game six. Oh, yeah. okay. Game six is tonight. And, you know, uh, Golden State had a chance to win it. They were up three to two going into tonight. But more importantly, as the resident Met fan on the panel, I wanted to make mention of the actual book, or the other book, that is. The other book that made mention of the New York Mets this, uh, this week. And that is Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number one. So when I talked about uh, Lansing and Kelly uh, reestablishing Steve Rogers as a man of the people and giving him a fresh start, one of the things that they have him do is join an art class at a local community college. The second thing you have to remember is that Steve Rogers is not a a pushover when it comes to art. Right. There is a long history of him... (coughs) doing, you know, commercial art. Well, here they bring him in to a figure drawing class. And obviously Steve is a bit of a prude, but he has to, you know, look at the uh, live nude model in the in the middle of the class. <coughs> Excuse me. I wish I had the cough button more handy. But more importantly, they juxtapose him rediscovering his art talent and his art skills while also using a Wacom drawing tablet or some kind of digital drawing tablet. It's not, it's implied that it's not an iPad. So, you know, but at the end of the day, he's drawing digitally. What? So, right. 
So he's making friends with the kids, you know, with the kids, with the people, the young adults. I mean, they are kids as his, far as he's concerned. The dude, they establish in here that he's approximately 104. Right. right? So, in you know, in, in this issue, you know, in, in this sequence, that is, they establish that he is, you know, trying to get along with these, uh, you know, with the kids and the professor in the art class, you know, talking to them. He's talking to his neighbors and he makes an outing to a Met game. Uh, with one of his friends in, from the art class, the, the friend is wearing a Yankee jersey. This happens a lot here in New York because they're jerk off Yankee fans. But they're at a Met game, so everyone else is wearing a Met jersey. Steve is wearing a Dodgers jersey because that's the era that he grew up in. Right, he's a right? Brooklynite through and through. Exactly, uh, but or at least he's he he's um. Well, what's funny about that is remember in the comics he's not a Brooklynite. Oh, you're right. Right. And so remember, I told you about them taking him back to his roots, his comic book roots in this. Right. They actually do that. So, you know, if only if you only just skim this book, you'll see what I mean. But one of the cool things in this is that at this Met game, the classmate asks, I think it's a female classmate. The classmate asks, "Okay, but why the Mets? Steve answers, underdogs. The classmate, she she answers, you are impossible. Steve (laughs) replies, I get that a lot. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, okay. That you know what for Steve that makes total sense. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, seriously, you know that that made this this Met fan smile pretty big when I was reading this the other day. <laughs> so you know, there we go, there we go. So incoming on clicks of the week. So I guess it wouldn't be too much of a surprise to say that Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number one is my click of the week, not just for the Mets reference, but also that I thought it was a nice return to at least one way of telling a Captain America story. You know, it's not as high spy action as Brubaker's run was. It definitely is taking a little bit away from that, but there's still some mystery to it. Which is where I think the Brubaker stuff came in. You know, there's some hints of a conspiracy and a long lost mystery. You know, that that's evocative of like the Winter Soldier story mm-hmm. that comes in here. But also, but I like the the setting that you know they're 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 putting Steve back on the ground. It's something that they're also doing with Sam Wilson. You know, they're putting him on the ground up in Harlem. Right. So uh, it's interesting that they're putting Steve on the ground in Lower Manhattan and Brooklyn. You know, the other parts of the city. Where, uh, you know, we're just kind of seeing him reestablish his personal and civilian life. Yeah, better on the ground than back in it. Yeah. So, all right. Um, we also have um, um, clicks from our, from our absent other hosts. And uh, one of them happens to be the aforementioned X-Men Red by Tim, from Tim. Um, didn't, didn't that would be other. X-Men Red number three. Yes. Uh, and from Dirt, we have Do a Powerbomb, number one, which is a, a new book from this week. Uh, if you know anything about Dirt and Tim, they're both wrestling um, wrestling fans. Uh, I guess eight to 72 in a kind of way. Yeah, lesser way. Much yeah. lesser way. Because yeah. I, I stopped keeping up with wrestling, whereas I believe the two of them continue to keep up with it. That is correct. And I am the lesser of all of three of them, ha- having done it for the same, well, 
for kind of the same reason as Age of Seventy. Right. But um but yeah, this is um from what is this from Image? I believe it's an image book, yeah. Yeah. Um as it is a wrestling book. I mean it's, yeah, it's a wrestling book book uh written and I believe art by Daniel Warren Johnson, who also did uh who's also doing uh Jurassic League the Jurassic League um DC book that is on that is going right now, which is the basically Justice League is uh, dinosaurs or something like that and also did that Beta Ray Bill miniseries that we talked about uh, a few months ago actually he's been doing a few different things I know he's, his name's on a, a a few books lately so I as not the wrestling fan might actually and was curious to check this out because of uh, his name being attached to it I dare say um, but like I said not a big wrestling fan um and the last uh click of the week uh which is for myself so i want to give shout out to that gi joe real american hero saturday morning cartoon saturday morning adventures because it was it was dope it was you know it definitely evoked the the um the, the spirit of um uh, of the um the the afternoon cartoon um even right down to the psa at the end which was cool but uh, I'm actually going to go with Iron Man number 20, weirdly enough. Okay. Um, because, so I don't, don't think we mentioned this. Uh, because of well, Chet. It had to be Chet, right? Chet was part of it. Chet was absolutely part, <laughs> absolutely part of it. Because Chet was just wilding. Um, but I was like, okay. Literally. This is, literally. Yes, yes, exactly. But um, because of, because of that, we got the reemergence of which I'm surprised Tony even still had that in his arsenal. The roller skates. <laughs> That's right. Which we haven't seen since uh, what Rhodey actually uh, was in the Mark II, if I'm not mistaken. That's an interesting thought. I don't know the I last remember, time, but I it was recall. definitely in the Mark II. But I can't remember if it was Rhodey or if it was Tony. I, I feel like it was Rhodey in the Mark II and the roller skates. But regardless, we got a we got a, a panel or two where um, Tony's being chased by Chet, with and the roller skates have to come out because he can't fly. <laughs> so and that and it's already kind of weird weird book because of the proposal thing was just was just great. Um, I, I enjoyed it. But like I said, shout out to GI Joe though for real. Like that that GI Joe would have probably have been my click if it wasn't for that part of Iron Man. And that, folks, uh, is that. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the news section, but first, can we get a, an ad read? All righty. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron. Blue Apron's meal delivery service has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news like we do about this time. Starting off, uh, 
Hey, John Diggle's coming back for Lois uh, and Superman and Lois's season two finale, apparently. Or came back? Coming back. So while speaking with TV Guide, uh, Lois, Lois, Superman, I want to say Lois and Clark. We don't, we don't want to talk about that show, with the exception of Terry Hatcher. But um, anyway, uh, Superman and Lois's showrunner Todd Helberg confirmed that uh, John Ramsey, uh, wait, David Ramsey, excuse me, not John Ramsey. Uh, David Ramsey will be reprising his role as John Diggle in the upcoming season two finale, and that his appearance would directly set up the events of uh, season three. So the finale will also uh, address the show's place in the overall Arrowverse, which is pretty much in the state of leaving, I guess. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think they're doing those crossovers anymore because of the the. I guess the the folding of the um, I mean Flash is still around, but I don't think that's going to be around that much longer. So, but the fact that the the Arrowverse is still around in some way, shape, or form, it's cool. Next, Jenna Coleman's Johanna or Johanna Constantine appears to have become a fan favorite character heading into Netflix's long-awaited adaptation of Neil Gaiman's or yeah Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Netflix's The Sandman recently released its first teaser trailer, and with it, the first official look at the live-action Johanna Constantine. Since the trailer and subsequent poster featuring Johanna dropped, fans and critics alike have taken to social media expressing admiration for the occult detective and praising Coleman's casting. Okay. Did we talk about the the, the Sandman trailer last week? I don't think we... uh, We talked about... We talked about something about it. It wasn't last week, but I think it might have been the week before that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was when uh, um, Gwendolyn Christie's Lucifer um, poster came out, and I believe that was when the, 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 the trailer came out, something around that time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, what did you think of the trailer? I mean, I'm not that familiar with Sandman, so I can't really say much about it. Honestly, didn't. Yeah, same same with me, and honestly, I didn't watch it because, like that, I wasn't really familiar with the, the uh, with the with the, the stuff, so I don't know. That's why I didn't so watch think, it. Yeah, I was about to say, what do you think, folks? Do you think this is something that we should, ju- you know, jump into? You know, kind of like do a, a, a reread, a, not a reread, an actual read, a first-time read of the comics in preparation of the Constantine Netflix show? What do you guys think? Let us know in the socials. Sure. If we were still doing... The show. If we were still doing Evergreen stuff, though, there's like two or three or ten stuff that we'd probably get to before that, but... No, but with the show coming out, that's the thing. I know. You know, it would be an interesting thing to see how closely they hew to the story as opposed to how uh, Marvel is adapting, you know, the, the stories that go into the Disney Plus shows. Right. So it is also worth noting, because I do, I do remember when this came out, that uh, there were those knuckleheads who were complaining about the fact that uh, John Constantine was a woman. And I believe even Gaiman said, uh, and I'm not sure, I assume this was a real thing, but even Gaiman was like, yeah, I remember when I wrote uh, Johanna um, Constantine back in like 89 or something like that. So I assume this was, you know, that was a thing that actually happened. I don't know. But I know people are stupid and getting riled up over the dumbest things. I mean, I'm not familiar with it. John Constantine appeared as a dude in Swamp Thing. So I don't right. know what character the the what what form the character took in Sandman. So who knows? I assume you know? there was a it, it's a similar the one that to the one that you know. But yeah, I'm not sure either. 
So, right. So without us knowing, we can't really say too much about it. We would have to actually take a look at the book. Right. And, uh, and as far as I know, it may not have anything to do with that movie with Keanu Reeves. So mm-hmm. next up, though, uh, Black Adam rap video, not rap, W-R-A-P, not R-A-P, uh, confirms in the Although movie. We can't, changes- we can't put it past Dwayne Johnson when it comes to rap videos. <sighs> I did see. I, I'll talk about it in a second. But um, confirms the end movie changes to the Rock's costume. Apparently, um, so yeah. There, there was a, um, there was a tweet from the Rock, aka Dwayne Johnson, um, that apparently they, they they wrapped filming on Black Adam. The trailer, I think, has already premiered. Actually, yeah. This is well, according to this. Um, this article is from like five days ago, and I think the trailer did drop since then. In fact, I have yep. seen the trailer. Yeah, yep. and, um, I don't think I put it in the in the lineup, but that's fine. The trailer's out there; you can go check it out. Because I think we did see a trailer before, and it's not that much different than than that one. So, uh, but regardless, the, there was a rap uh, um, video that Dwayne Johnson did, and with a little video on it that you can check out in the show notes. And uh, it says here, "Who says Black Adam doesn't have a sense of humor?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure about what kind of uh, humor that Dwayne Johnson has, but whatever. That being said, um, um, there was uh, Summer Games Fest happened this past weekend, and there was an uh, actually that's where I saw the trailer because the trailer they showed the trailer there, weirdly enough, uh, and there was a video with Dwayne Johnson in his gym uh, that preceded the trailer. And it was him talking. It was like, yeah, you know me as the most electronic, electrifying man and this and that and the other. And he had this energy drink, which apparently might be his energy drink that we, he was holding up like it was product placement. You know. Right. So it was a very, I guess, on brand for him, but weird video to see during the, during the uh, a games festival thing. And, you know, him making little cheesy jokes as he sometimes does. He even noted about that, you know, awkwardly. So it was it was it was kind of funny, but um, yeah, that was that was a whole thing there. But nevertheless, like I said, the trailer's out there. It looks like not alright. I don't know if I'm we're gonna go see it, but or right off the bat, but we'll see. Next up, sorry, I was just clicking on something. Um, Netflix announces Masters of the Universe sequel, and also promises a different take on He Man versus Skeletor. So Netflix is developing a sequel to Masters of the Universe Revelation titled Masters of the Universe Revolution. Wow, what a big change. So this was announced during Geek Week, the streamer's celebration of superhero sci-fi and fantasy fandom and culture. Uh, Masters of the Universe Revolution will be executive produced by Kevin Smith, who also created Revelation, and bring a new focus to the conflict between He-Man and Skeletor. Right, so there's his thing, and then there's also another He-Man thing that's on uh, that's on Netflix now that looks more uh, cartoon tour. I don't know if you've seen that one. Have you, uh, that, that looks more cartoon tour inspired one. There's a couple of different ones on there. It's ridiculous. That's on um, Netflix now. Hey, they're going to make use of the license while they have it. I guess so. I guess so. So I guess I never did finish this, uh, Revelation. Did you? Yeah, I watched it. It was it wasn't bad. Like, I mean, the whole thing, like, because I know they broke it up into Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, okay. I watched the whole thing. Because I think, yeah, because I think I got to the cliffhanger and then I stopped and then never went back. So, maybe I'll finish it up. Anyway, next up, 
Um, Ms. Marvel's Iman Vellani, excuse me, teases the MCU secrets she's now privy to, which probably is not that much, let's be honest. Um, she was on The Tonight Show with the, uh, Jimmy Fallon, which I know um, um, Agent 70 loves. Um, oh. <laughs> I love I love messing with Listen, Iman Vellani was making the rounds on the, um, yes. on the talk show circuit. Mm-hmm. And it's expected that she would have to go on The Tonight Show, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, which she says... Um, she probably had to play some stupid game with that moron. Maybe. I don't know. Now, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, 19-year-old actress teased about being in the know about fu- the future of the MCU uh, on The Tonight Show. And she says, quote, I know secrets. I know secrets. Well, I'd like to think I know secrets. I don't know uh, how much they are, like, humoring me. But I think I know secrets. So... That's cute. Um, that being said, there's another video that is in the um, uh, that's in the clickbait section of the show notes, which has uh, Miss uh, Villani doing a pop quiz of uh, uh, Marvel stuff, and part of it was her trying to name all the MCU movies. And uh, that part right there, I know, has been making the rounds for a particular reason, which I won't get into, but it was uh, it was pretty adorable. Really? Yeah. You'd have to watch the video. See what, what was it? Oh, fine. I'll watch the video after the show. I'll, or I'll, I will tell you after the, the, the show. But all right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Next up, a Ms. Marvel writer reveals a major plot point that Kevin Feige vetoed. I love it that they're just like Kevin Feige vetoed it. <laughs> they didn't see Marvel Studios as Mar- Kevin Feige vetoed it. Right. So we talked so, about this, but yeah, go ahead. Right. So uh, apparently um, at one point they kind of uh the, the creative team said well what if there were like drones and a live stream of the battle of endgame and kevin feige says no <laughs> you know and it's funny it's it, that was a theory that i had right which is why i brought this up because it was like yeah because i know we had talked about that because we were like you know how would how would anybody know what happened outside of that podcast that apparently um, 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 Scott Lang did, but uh, how would anyone know what happened at the battle, you know, if there were no cameras there? Right. So, I mean, outside of the ones that the, 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 the that, uh, <laughs> right. that were all, um, outside the wall, put it that way. Right. What's wild about it is that he was underground for a lot of it. Right. You know, he was underground at least for the for for the uh, the, the the Avengers Big Three taking on Thanos. Wait, was he? Because I thought he he was underground. Remember, oh, he was right he because ground rescuing Rhodey and um, Hulk. Who else was down there? Wasn't it Hulk down there? Rocket, Rocket. Oh, okay. Rocket and Hulk. Rocket? Yeah, Hulk was holding it up like Secret Wars number four. Right. Or Secret Wars number three. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's number. Is it number no, three? It was four. Number four. No, you think you're right. The four. Yeah, I think it was four. The yeah. cover of four. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Hulk was down there. Uh, Giant Man slash Ant Man is down there. Uh, Rhodey's down there. And Rocket was down there. Right. But he was out when they all came together. So, I guess that right. was a, you know. That right. Was so, at that hard. point, yeah. At that point, he's able to fill in what's happening. <laughs> right. So, but regardless, uh, Feige was like, nah, <laughs> we're not going for that. So nobody knows. Right, so nobody knows that the Avengers Big Three took on Thanos and 
you know, they did end up, you know, going down until Captain America called, you know, uh, uh, was basically like the last person standing and gave Iron Man and Thor a chance to catch their breath. Yes, which is still, which is still probably the dopest scene in that in that movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why it's kind of sad. That's why I bring it up. I'm like, oh, it's kind of sad that he wasn't around. You know, no one is able to tell that story. Right. Well, I mean, Thor. Because, I mean, Thor, well, hmm. You know what? I have to go back. Because, like, yeah, Thor was there. Cause, but then again, I guess Thor did get kind of knocked out for a sec. But, uh, but no. Well, Thor's when... off planet. No, the point is Thor's off planet. Wait, He's left with the Guardians at the end of Endgame. Oh, no. I was talking about the big battle at the end. He was, he, Thor was there. Because remember, the Cap had the Thor shield. Was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Cap, you're Cap right. the hammer. In terms of, right, no, but what I was going to say is in terms of recapping you know, the events of the Battle of Avengers Compound. Oh, right. That's what I mean. I gotcha. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole weird right. thing. So technically, the final battle, Scott, you know, was there for, you right. know. But, you know, the, the the precursor up to that, you know, the, 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 precursor, the precursor leading up to that, you know, the, the Avengers Big Three taking them on, that's, it's a shame that no one actually knows that happened. Right. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, Marvel Studios reportedly planning to skip San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Uh, so apparently, well, this is hearsay. So this is, um, I probably should have taken this out because we don't know. Um, according to some, I, I dare say, source, uh, Marvel Studios will be skipping this year's uh, uh, SDCC, Disney's uh, um who, who y'all know who Disney is? Um, is running D twenty three this coming September, and reportedly wants Marvel to have a major presence there, which makes sense if that's the case. And I can't see why that wouldn't be the case. Uh, but this would mean this any uh, any major announcements that's supposed to be taking place during Comic Con will most likely take place at D twenty three. Apparently, CBR, who I'm getting the story from, heard rumblings that. Uh, Marvel Studios will be skipping um, SDCC 22, but couldn't get confirmation. So again, this is all still hearsay as far as I'm concerned. I would not be surprised, though, because it would make sense. Marvel's under Disney. Disney's got their own convention. Like, they may have one or two at uh, at Comic-Con, just, you know, but nothing like Big Big. Right. But also, at the same time, it'd be a shame if they didn't, because, like, it's Comic-Con. That's where you would have it. Like, I get it. Disney's got their own thing, but it's Comic-Con. But we'll see. We don't know anything. uh, We'll find out uh, next month whether they're going to be there or not. Unless uh, um, um, something happens. But then there's this next story. Right. So Disney recently teased major news about Star Wars and Marvel properties all to be announced at this year's D23 Expo. So this year's D23 Expo is set to occur over the course of the weekend of September 9th through the 11th. And uh, it is going to be a bunch of panels, presentations, and interactive events for fans in person for the first time since 2019. Why are there so many? Okay. Hmm. There's an Elvis movie. There's a Marilyn Monroe movie. Why? We don't. We don't need these. Stop it. Anyway, next up. Uh... 
I was about to say, do you want a do you want a reminder of our our, our possible status as Roger Murtaugh? Uh, we're yeah. going to get well. Yes, we are getting to old, but I feel like there's another uh, instance coming up to where we can we we can. Oh yeah, I was about to say this one's not this one's not necessarily comic book related, but there's an article at, over at uh, our friends at CPR. Um, where the Jason Bourne movie, the original Jason Bourne movie, turns twenty years old. Goodness yes. gracious! Yes. And we and like I said, the aforementioned uh, Predator movie, which is thirty-five. So. Oh gosh. Yeah, we are. We are definitely getting too old for this shit. Anywho, um. Oh wait, this is you. Go for it. Well, no, no, no. You've got the Spider-Man No Way Home. I've got the verse because I did the D23 announcement. Darn it. Fine. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is returning to theaters with new Spidey scenes. I think it's called the more fun. The Is it called the more fun stuff version? Yes. Um, and it's releasing in celebration with Spider-Man's um, 60th anniversary in the comics. And according to this, once again, it's the 20th anniversary of Tobey Maguire's debut in the very first Spider-Man movie. And the article says, feel old yet? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But it's yeah Hi-ya. It <laughs> so, yeah, September 2nd in U.S. and Canada... Uh, is when Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be re-released in the movies. Uh, I suspect it's going to fare way better than um, Morbius. More Morbin. That's all I have to say about that. Goodness, goodness gracious. <laughs> Next up. It's Morbin time. All right. Um, so Spider-Verse, enigmatic new villain The Spot has been unveiled with first look image at at where? An, uh, an, Anissi? Anissi? An, Anissi? Anissi presentation? Yeah, so. All right. So to cap off an Anissi presentation Ooh. that saw 15 minutes of a work in progress footage um, of uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the directors uh, lifted the veil on the film's big bad and enigmatic antagonist known as The Spot. Okay. This is a cut folks <laughs> i mean if you're a spidey fan this you is know still a of deep like cut. let's say like the last 20 30 years you'll recognize this if you if you if your understanding of the spidey mythos kind of stops in like the 80s you know and you don't make it into the 90s you will not recognize the spot yeah yeah i saw this and i was like i that's wow really <laughs> yeah. no it's a little, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. So, like, okay, Miles is going up against the spot. And, I'm, and obviously there's going to be some more people there, but yeah, I think the the the, the mainish person is going to be uh, the spot. Although I think the, like, the vulture is supposed to be there. And I think, I can't remember if this, um, and, and a couple of other people. Yeah. Um, well, the A version of the version, excuse, uh, A version of the vulture, excuse me, is supposed to be there, I should say. Because it's not like the 616 version. And this article kind of goes into some more uh, stuff. But there were, apparently there was two sequences screened. Um, there was an 11-minute action scene and a four-minute bit of character comedy. According to this article, uh, that's from CinemaCon from back in April. Um, I guess was, that was a part that was shown here. Or I guess re-shown here. Um, 
at this thing with the introduction of the uh, the new villain. So, cool. Uh, hey, folks, tickets go on sale for the love, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I hope you've got yours because we've got ours. Yes, we do. Oh, also, and there were new posters revealed, which I know got um, uh, Agent 70 all in a gruff. Not in a gruff, but it all got it got him uh, excited, excited. Excited. Come yes. on. We got <laughs> we got some great new posters and 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 the stars of one particular poster. You, you know, that, that that's a that's a real shout out to the comics right there. And obviously to the original mythology. Yes. Yeah, shout out to the Toothy Boys. Look at them. If you're watching the video, you can see the part of the poster that we're talking about uh for tooth grinder and tooth nasher uh thor's uh goats the stars of the show really and then there's this other uh trailer with um russell crowe we don't care (laughs) i don't care i'll put it that way i'll say it i don't care but yes that being said um july 8th guess what folks movie protocol we shall be in yep um yeah next up though all righty next up i've got this story so marvel announces an eight hour eight hour movie marathon in celebration of thor love and thunder so um let's see to revisit thor's mcu history and to commemorate his milestone fourth film as a solo hero marvel Studios has announced a movie marathon worthy of the God of Thunder and his fans. So on July 7th, select theaters are hosting an eight-hour marathon titled Marvel Goat Marathon. I love it. (laughs) Greatest of all Thor. The four-film marathon will include Thor, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and then will conclude with an early showing of Thor Love and Thunder. For those doing the math, that's 476 minutes of screen time centered on the God of Thunder. Theater chains hosting the aptly named Goat Marathon include Showcase Cinemas, Alamo Drafthouse, and Regal Cinemas. As a bonus, the marathon showing of Thor Love and Thunder will premiere before any other public showings. Yeah, seriously, you know what? Props to you if you're gonna if if you want to do that. Yeah, really. Um, I know I'm taking taking my wife to see Love and Thunder. I'm only going to have her sit through one movie. <laughs> and that's she hasn't I'm... seen the previous ones. No. Uh, oh. No, nah, she really hadn't been that interested. And I think Black Panther was the only one that I, that I, that I know she kind of had some sort of passing interest in. So we went. So I took her to see that. Everything else I've been seeing by myself. Got it. Uh, and I don't know if this this news on the side of the I don't the direct seem more uh, gossipy than actually news. Uh, so I kind of hate pulling stuff from there. But some of the stuff on the side looks kind of funny. But that's for another time. Um, oh my God, I see it now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taika Waititi offers uh, updates uh, on his movie Star Wars movie and says he wants to make sure it feels like a Star Wars film. Uh. So yeah, he's saying still still writing, still coming up with ideas and storylining it, and just wanted to make sure it feels like a Star Wars film, according to says. He also think he said something about wanting to make a couple of new characters, but you know, still kind of wanted to keep it, uh, you know, keep it kind of sort of grounded. 
So wait. Okay, and the the article kind of goes on to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi and some stuff that that's something that Ian McGregor said. So we will go into that next up. All right. Oh God. Zack Snyder's revamped Star Wars movie Rebel Moon casts Anthony Hopkins. Netflix announces that. Uh, Anthony Hopkins has been added to the cast of Zack Snyder's revamped Star Wars movie. Uh, the actor will voice Jimmy, a sentient battle robot who once defended a slain king in the upcoming science fiction epic, which originally began development as a pitch for a potential Star Wars movie. The project, which is also inspired by Akira Kurosawa's 1954 classic Seven Samurai, was revamped in 2021 as a standalone film on Netflix. Okay. You mean like every other action movie is <laughs> is, is inspired a, is a take by take on the Seven Samurai? Right? Yes, exactly. Now, this given where this is coming from, I'm not sure. Like I said, don't know if this is true or not, and the fact that CBR is reporting on it is still speculative. But I wouldn't be surprised because we talked about this last week. Like, yeah, Anthony Hopkins taking on a role like this I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but it's just a voiceover, right? That's what I'm saying. It's not that not that strenuous a uh, uh, you know not strenuous, but you know it's not that um, tasking of a exactly. <laughs> of a project. So, anywho, uh, Netflix's The School for for Good and Evil trailer promises to reinvent your favorite uh, fairy tales. I'm not sure why I kept this in here because it has nothing to do with comic books. But um, nevertheless, there was a magical teaser trailer for its live-action adaptation. Okay, maybe there was something for the School of Good and Evil. Evil. The new video doesn't uh, reveal much in terms of the movie's narratives, but teases fans with better looks at several beloved characters, such as Kerry Washington's uh, Clarissa Dovey, Charisse Theron's uh, Lady Lesso, and a few other folks, uh, well-named folks that uh, are in this thing. So yeah. Uh, including what Michelle Yeoh apparently and Lawrence Fishburne. So yeah, some folks, some names in the, in this joint. Uh, yeah. Next up, I was about to say, have you seen everything, everywhere, all at once yet? Not yet. Um, but I'm my when when it comes out on um, uh, physical, uh, I have a copy coming. I just watched it. It's a pretty wild movie. I've heard. It's wild. I'm looking you forward know, to it. You know, like, I feel like it was slightly overhyped for me. Okay. But it was pretty wild. It was still entertaining. Gotcha, gotcha. Definitely entertaining. So, you know, I would definitely say watch the movie. Oh, yeah. I plan to. I plan to. You know, it's 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 like I, I don't want to overhype things like things that I love. Right. Like, I love Ted Lasso. I don't want to overhype that for people because, you know, it's a bit of a thing to get Apple TV+. Plus. You know, right? So. Well, unless you have other ways to, to to catch that, but yes, exactly. All right, next up, um, the boys. This is spoilers for this past week's episode of the boys, and the newest one is coming out very soon. Um, the boys takes away a major character's powers. I won't say which character. It is a spoiler if you're behind on the boys, but it is all part of, um, and it all happens during an episode in which. Um, the boys are looking for a supposed weapon that can take out Homelander. And things do not go as planned on this mission to Mother Russia. So I will leave it at that. Um, I will also say that if I know that Roddy Cat's not keeping up with this, but let me tell you, this season is really well written. And the acting in this is actually not bad either. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the character, the actor that plays Homelander, Anthony Starr, is doing a wonderful job as a bad guy. I have heard that mu- as much. Uh, yeah, I've heard the season kind of wild and, and it's pretty good. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's worth. Uh, I think it's worth it for you to catch up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of skimmed this uh, this article a little bit. Why does it sound like something that was out of an X book in a in a in a kind of a way? <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of the boys, uh, it introduced uh, an unexpected character from the comics. Uh, also, uh, uh, in this very same episode, so apparently, as Agent Seventy said, they go to, to Russia to, uh, to to find a weapon that is capable of destroying Homelander, and they happen upon, um, I guess, this other character from the comics, which I will not say. So I don't know the comics that like that, so it doesn't matter to me. But just in case you're keeping up this in, with this and you haven't seen that episode yet, then that's probably something you might not want to watch the video for, <laughs> or watch the video a version of this po- podcast for, because it said right there. Next up, mm-hmm. so <laughs> in some, uh, I, I I caught this, but because I didn't watch Morbius, I didn't mm. get it. Um, it's pretty funny. The boys actually takes a shot at Morbius's failed re-release in theaters. Mm-hmm. So, um, in the boys, they actually poke fun at this by saying that, well, um, they actually point out that, um, there's a fake movie that's kind of a riff on, uh, the Snyder cut of the justice league mm-hmm. that, you know, called the dawn of the seven. And they talk about how, you know, they, they write in a Twitter post, despite still being in theaters, we heard all your tweets and we'll be re-releasing the film this week. Don't miss your chance to relive all the action. Use code. It's Maven time. That's uh, a play on one of the characters' names, um, uh, Queen Maeve, who is the uh, analog to Wonder Woman. And uh, I believe that is a take on that. It's Morbin timeline from Morbius. All right. Next up, um, the old guard adds Uma Thurman and Henry Golding to the Charlize uh, Theron sequel. So Snake Eyes and the Bride, great. Um, I still haven't seen the old guard yet, so I don't or any of those either because I think there was a prequel or something to that. Uh, but according to Hollywood Reporter, Uma Thurman and Henry Golding has been tapped to star in Old Guard Two, though it's currently unclear who they may be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thurman and Golding join Theron and a whole bunch of other per- people that are already in this thing from the first movie. So, yeah. Next. Um, ah. We're in Anime Corner? To, we are. Yes, we oh, are. Oh, can I do... Let me do this one. Let me do this one. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I, I mean, let me do the sound effect. That's right. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get to it. I keep hitting... Um, the uh, I have the wrong window open, which is funny. Uh, so that's no, I, why. I meant, um, let me do that. I meant let me do the the sound effect. But yeah. Oh, you want to do the sound effect? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear this. Yo! A little long, but hey, there we go. Where's that from? That sounds familiar. Uh man, it's been a, it's that's that last part definitely has been on a lot of uh, anime. <laughs> I'll put it that way. 
So that drum thing was that from? You, you've probably heard it in some anime. I guarantee you. I have yeah. Guarantee, yeah. I, I, I can right. guarantee even that and the yo also. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the Bleach, the creator of Bleach, is open to future anime spinoffs. So it's been years since Bleach made its way to the screen, but that will all change this fall after years of pleading. Fans will reunite with the Soul Society when Bleach returns to television with the manga's final act. All of this work has creator Tite Kubo busier than ever, but he is still finding time to chat with fans about the comeback. And apparently the artist is not opposed to future anime series if the opportunity arises. Okay, so the update does come from Kubo's personal blog. Yeah. Interesting. I am look, Bleach was long. And I haven't finished it. And apparently there's a I haven't started it. Yeah. Bleach is good. I think Bleach is well, from where I am, Bleach is pretty good. I just need to finish it up. Uh, but I mean it does, you know, have that whole filler art thing and some some lulls, but it's pretty good. Right. It's um, on my list. It's on my list, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fret. It is on my anime watch list. Yeah. Spy X Family gives a... Uh, wait. Go ahead. Sorry. That's you. Oh. I, did, I didn't have this open. One second. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. No, you just did bleach. I'm sorry. Let me, I, yeah, I was about to say, I, I just did bleach. I'm yeah, like, what sorry. are you talking about? I don't know. It's late, folks. Uh, Spikes family gives Dragon Ball a shout out with the surprising Easter egg. Um, so apparently, in the newest episode of the series, um, oh, you know what? I don't think I've watched this one yet. I was about to say you're not up on this. This is last week's episode. Yeah, this is last week's episode. I totally forgot to watch it. But basically, I knew what I know what's going on. I know what's going to happen in it. Put it that way. But I didn't. Uh, but I didn't watch it. So yeah, Anya and the rest of her classmates are revving up themselves for an upcoming dodgeball game, as they hear rumors that the MVP of the game would be awarded a stellar star because that's kind of a part of the this this uh part of the show basically, and it seems, um. Yeah, one of the uh so Anya was training and apparently the the the, the Damien Desmond kid is training so hard they imagined uh, that he was on Namek that he was blocking one of Frieza's blasts on Namek during Dragon Ball. So that's cool. Wait, did you did you see it? Yeah, I'm up yeah. to date. Yeah. It okay. drops on Saturday, so I, I think you have a chance to watch it either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, and I have a chance to watch it. I just didn't because like, there was there was uh there was all that summer games fest stuff that I was trying to watch uh, over the course of the weekend. Some of which I still sure. hadn't watched, so I was kind of busy with that. But yeah, good stuff. Next up, Dragon Ball Super Superhero Creator reveals a surprising secret about movie's title. So, um, this is actually kind of funny. I gotta open up the article now. Hold on. Apologies, folks. I was just skimming the 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 quickie uh, summary we had, but didn't actually have. Oh, I thought I put se- it in there. Uh oh. So excuse me. It actually, it's actually because he forgot. Toriyama forgot that uh, he would be repeating the word "super" in the title because he forgot the series was titled Dragon Ball Super. What? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know how you forget something like that, but hey, you know he's a busy man, so I'm sure. I mean, you know, like you know the womp womp the. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, it also could be a little bit of this, which I finally found on my soundboard. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> it also could be a dope, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Netflix's cyber, Cyberpunk Edge Runners releases first clip. So this is the first clip for a new anime based on based in the world of Cyberpunk 77 video game. Uh, let's see. True to his name, this cyberpunk anime clip brings the world of futuristic neo-noir tech with a hard metal soundtrack and vibe, according to this article, with a showcase on some of good old anime action and extreme violence. If the question at hand is whether or not the, the world of cyberpunk and anime belong together, that's that would be a dumb thing to, to not to believe. Like, come on, cyberpunk anime—that's they—they're like kissing cousins. They're Hand in hand, folks. The Venn diagram is like a... Well, it's not a complete zero, but regardless. Uh, anyway, this clip says that it's going to be a match made in heaven. Not surprised. There's been plenty of cyberpunk anime. That that being said. So, yeah. Uh, September 2022 is when Cyberpunk Edge Runners is going to be released. And I know fans of uh, Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 will probably watch it. Next... So, in some exciting news, My Hero Academia Season 6 releases its first OVA images. So, there's going to be two OVAs that get released prior to the official drop of the rest of Season 6 of My Hero Academia. And now we have been given a first look at one of the specials, and it previews one of the show's toothiest baddies yet. So, uh, Roddy Cat is going to be showing you the article, but it is a Twitter. Um, it's posted to Twitter and some pretty... Uh, you know, fun-looking images. No, no really big spoilers here, but um, it definitely whets the appetite for anyone looking forward to the resumption of My Hero Academia's uh, anime. The manga is still ongoing, and if you're keeping up with it, it's pretty exciting because it's getting towards the end. We're, you know, we're we're in the end game now of My Hero Academia. I don't know how many more of these in-game in puns we're going to have tonight, but we're we're, we're breaking upon <laughs> a record here. Crunchyroll uh, yep. adds the irresponsible Captain Tyler TV anime and OVA to its catalog. So apparently it's already up, actually, as of um, uh, well, as of June 13th. It's all up there, actually. So uh, I have heard of this anime. I uh, I think it was also a manga, but I, I don't know too much about about it but um hey it's out there folks if you um if you're interested more stuff on crunchyroll next up all righty so one punch man is getting a live action film adaptation through sony pictures that will bring our ball our beloved bald-headed hero saitama and his mechanical sidekick genos or genos or genos i think it is i believe they pronounce it to life on the big screen according to a report from deadline uh, Fast and Furious director Justin Lin, fresh off of uh, getting the hell away from Vin Diesel, apparently, is on deck to direct this movie with uh, scriptwriter Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner. Okay. Yeah. I think we can safely say, and this article actually said, I, w- I was just saying, I just noticed it. I think we could probably rule out Vin Diesel. <laughs> in right. Movie. I mean, he doesn't fit a Saitama anyway. No, I mean he's got a bald head, but that's about that's pretty much right. That's stops. the only that, that's where the similarity ends, right? So I mm, I don't know if this is necessary, but uh, hey, sure. Well, it 
there's a bunch of stuff already coming out already. We can't stop it. I mean, it's a straightforward story. And because it's a take on, it's definitely um, uh, a satire on superhero stories. There, I think, is a market for this. Sure. You know, it's a different style of satire. It's not the boys. No. Right? So it's just a different style. And I think people will, you know, will look at it and be like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I, I enjoy uh, One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, but a live action version, I don't know if we necessarily need but again like i said there are a lot of these live actions we're getting it whether we want them or not yep and now we're turning the corner into the manga corner of the anime corner um with uh berserk will continue to actually like, go ahead and- sorry about that no 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 Little you're good you're good on the button no no you're good um actually i'm gonna take both these because they're kind of related uh very much so one Berserk uh, manga will continue even after the death of its creator, Kentaro Miura, uh, from last year, according to a new report. Um, And I believe that has been confirmed. Uh, It will be uh, overseen by mangaka Kujimiro, who was close friends with Miura, and the late creator's final wishes was for the uh, story to be um, uh, seen through. I don't know if this young animal they're talking about is the same. I doubt it's the same young animal that um, the DC imprint. But this is just like a manga magazine from. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, um, uh, along with that, there is an update on the manga's return. Um, like I said, we um, it was already confirmed that it was going to be taken over and that it will be returning in the June 24th uh, issue of Young Animal Magazine. Uh, a new update from the magazine has revealed that the plan is to bring the series back to with two new chapters and a color page to celebrate its return. Uh, these new chapters will be overseen by the aforementioned uh, Koji... Uh, wait. Koji Mori? That doesn't sound like the same name I just said, but okay. Um, and we're announced to pick up right after the, where the original series left off. So fans will be able to gear up for the next phase of this uh, massively popular series. I do know there are some people who love Berserk and the anime. I've never checked out any of it. So, cool. Next up. Alrighty. Uh, One Piece is gearing up to reveal some major announcements this summer with a special new event to help celebrate the franchise's 25th anniversary. Again, Eiichiro Oda has officially announced that he will be going on a a month-length hiatus in order to get ready for this final saga of the series overall. But not only that, the series creator also noted how busy the franchise was going to be over the summer, with the manga kicking off its end, a new movie hitting theaters across Japan, new video games on the way, and the anime running stronger than ever. There's plenty to keep an eye on. Wow. All right, so One Piece Day is coming on July twenty uh, over the weekend of July twenty second and twenty third. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Sailor Moon creator gathers the entire Senshi team for a stunning anniversary art. Because again, we're all getting old. Um, apparently, the new art uh, depicts all ten of the Solar System's Senshi, um, including Sailor Moon, Chibi, and all the rest of them which is in part of an upcoming Sailor Moon... Um, oh, coming... It's going to be on display at the upcoming uh, Sailor Moon Museum, an art exhibit which will be headed to uh, Tokyo's Roppongi Museum, beginning... Wow, somebody spelled museum wrong. 
Um, <laughs> beginning on July 1st. In addition to more new art from Takeuchi herself, um, that's a, the exhibit will feature over 600 items from across the celebrated shoujo franchise's entire history, including production materials from both the original anime and Sailor Moon Crystal Reboot. So, Sailor Moon fans, uh, if you can get over to Tokyo, hey, have fun with that. Next. All righty. Marvel's Secret Reverse uh, project is now available for a pre-order. And it's by Yu-Gi-Oh! creator Kazuki Takahashi. It's an epic team-up between Iron Man and Spider-Man. where they go to Japan to attend a gaming convention. Okay. I have a physical copy on its way to me tomorrow. As nice. of this recording. It's available for order, not pre-order. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was it, well, originally available for pre-order when I got this uh, article. So. Right. So this has actually been released. The date of release is June 14th, 2022. So uh, anyone can go online and uh, order this. Yep, yep. If you're interested, and you can get even get a um, preview off of the site, just go to the link in the um, in the show notes. Uh, not a, we are not getting sponsored by Viz. Just saying it was out there. <laughs> Marvel's Midnight Suns release date and new character revealed at Summer Games Fest. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, some uh, Midnight Suns, which is the pretty much the Marvel XCOM game that is coming out um, for all platforms, video games wise. Uh, debuted a new trailer this week, this past weekend's um, uh, Summer's Games Fest, and apparently uh, Spider Man's going to be in the game as well as a um, a demonized version of both Venom and the Hulk. Apparently, and I believe I think no, Ghost Rider wasn't new because uh, I, I thought that was the first. Oh, Scarlet Witch will also be playable characters, although I don't remember seeing. Uh, Scarlet Witch in, the, in that uh, teaser video. But yeah, there we go. October 7th, 2022 is when uh, Midnight Suns is coming out. Can't wait for that game. Next. Alright, so a fan made a replica of Mjolnir that actually flies back to them. So before you go and think that, you know, this is like some 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 incredibly uh, awesome thing, uh, a YouTube page called Hazim Makes created a paper mache version of Thor's hammer, and he actually got it to fly back to him. The trick is basically an illusion guided by a string that attaches to the user's wrist, but apparently it's still cool to see. Uh, you can check it out in the video that Roddy Cat is uh, showing you on the page right now. Yeah. That was 3D Planet Mjolnir. Uh, Why not? <laughs> Um, Shock Marvel's. Hey, guess what? You remember um, from Ms. Marvel's first episode? There was all that uh, Avengers Con stuff, mainly the shirts. Guess what? You can buy that stuff now. Uh, of course you can. Of course. That you was can. such a marketing. That was marketing genius right there. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, following the release of uh, episode one, like I said, um, the shirts will are available to purchase uh, from Marvel.com. Uh, including uh, the New Jersey Avengers Con Mr. Tree shirt and um, <laughs> other shirts that are uh, therein. Is there like... one in particular that you would want? Um, the, uh, I mean, the one with all the names on it is kind of funny. The Captain America, yeah. and Iron Man, and Black Mary, and, and, and just running down all those, including some 
alternate names of certain <laughs> certain folks, which apparently they did not know. I like that know. one. That's yeah. definitely one I like. <laughs> that one would probably be the the one I would get because the rest of them are Dude. kind of like if Avengers Con was actually real, I would probably get a couple of those other ones because you know it'd be uh, from a real con, but it's not. So yeah, no, but that no, but that the, the one with the names on it, that's pretty cool. Right. Gigantic dude and <laughs> cosmic <laughs> Avenger. Mr. Mr. Tree. Tree. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. But um I like that one. That that's definitely one I'm going to uh, do my best to get my hands on at some point. Yeah. Uh as um as I'm as we're talking, I'm going through all of the shirts, uh flipping through the the all of the shirts. Of course there's an I can do this all day shirt. Of course. So and the uh Mr. Tree shirt, which is funny. <laughs> But That's there you go. Awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, next up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel and Penguin Random House Publisher Services have announced an exclusive worldwide sales and distribution agreement. So this happened uh, last week into this week. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be... Uh, uh, Penguin Random House officially begins its distribution to book market retailers for all Marvel titles beginning in spring 2023. So this is on the heels of Marvel's direct market distribution uh, happening through Penguin Random House in 2021. Yeah. Shang-Chi masters uh, one of Marvel's universe's greatest weapons in new Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings trailer. So this is a trailer for the new number one of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Um, uh, with the creative team of Jin, Jean Luen Yang and Marcus To. Uh, and again, I will say that trailers for comic books will never cease to trip me out. But hey, you can check this one out here in the show notes. Next up. Alrighty, so uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge reveals that Casey Jones is a new playable character. So this is... Uh, uh, part of the Shredder's Revenge roster. This is a side-scrolling game? Yeah. Uh, kind of like the old uh, TMNT uh, arcade game from back in yeah, the day. Yeah, Lost Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically though They did... They Turtles in Time, that is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a couple of them, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they looked like they did... The, matter of fact, the game just came out today as of recording to this. Um, I haven't been able to play it yet, but I cannot wait because it, it, it looks to be evoking those old games like spot on. And the, the, the company uh-huh. that does those, uh, does those, um, does games like this are pretty good about it. Like did a whole, uh, I think they were the ones that did Streets of Rage, the, the last Streets of Rage, I can't remember, but, uh, regardless, they usually do pretty good work like this and this looks to be pretty good. Are you doing it for the, it doesn't say that it's available for the PS5. Uh, it's on other. Um, it's on. Xbox. It's just PS4, Xbox One, and the t- Nintendo Switch and the PC. Yeah, I you can still play it on PS5 though. Oh, okay, you, good. Yeah, you can you can play PS4 games on PS5, so that's not that wouldn't that's not a problem. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Yeah, they sounds just don't like have fun. it. They just don't have a dedicated version for it. Got it, got it. It sounds like fun. Oh yeah, it looks. It looks I always it enjoy, looks I love playing those side scroll. You know, like I I definitely cut a couple classes in the beginning beginning of the day to to keep playing that. <laughs> right. So the funny part of it is that there's this company called Limited Run that does like physical versions of certain games. They're doing a, a limited run of uh, this particular game, a physical run, I should say. Right. Uh, and of course, just like the games back then, comes with um, a coupon for a personal pan pizza. Oh gosh. 
<laughs> just like they did uh, from 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 back in the day. So I was like, all right, that, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I can't wait to uh, to, to get my hands on this. But uh, uh, I got to re up on Game Pass though, because you can play it on Game Pass day one, which is which is again today if uh, if you have Xbox Game Pass. So there is that. Not a not an endorsement for Game Pass. Just saying it's a service that's pretty good. Next up, though, Zatanna receives the Star Treatment with new Sideshow collectible figure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Sideshow has... Un- I keep wanting to say Sideshow Bob. Um, Sideshow has unveiled their latest DC Comics collectible, Zatanna. Uh, and... Um, says she's a mix of she's a mixed media figure with fabric fishnets and a sculpted magician's outfit according to this article um and it goes into some editorializing which i won't go into but um if you're watching the video you can see the sculpture i mean you can see the figure there might be two i guess there's some stuff with it but i can't see what uh and at 600 wait uh, yes, it's $580 and there's a premium one at $600 that you can pre-order right now if you are so inclined. And you got that kind of disposable money, you can give it to me. You know, next up. <laughs> next up, in Poison Ivy number one by G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Otsmane El Hau, uh, Poison Ivy begins a new journey that, if successful, will wipe humanity from the face of the Earth. But uh, the story also reveals that it's not just about Ivy doing what she believes is necessary to save the world, but also to explain herself to Harley Quinn. Her mission isn't just some latest scheme, but intended to be the last thing she ever does. Apparently, spoiler alert, Poison Ivy is dying, and throughout the course of her journey, she's writing Harley a last letter. Wow, I was about to say, wait, didn't they just get married or something? That's Yeah, something like that. Short. Apparently, there's another Kung Fu Panda coming. Great. Anywho, uh, DC debuts new female version of a major Green Lantern villain. Uh, and this is from uh, Multiversity Team Justice Number 1, which came out last week. Uh, and this person is... Sister Blood, which I guess is supposed to be a takeover of Blood? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Sister Blood removes her hood and reveals herself to be a female version of Sinestro, whose name in this universe is Sinestra. There you go. Okay. Yeah, which sounds like something from the Super Friends, honestly. But hey, there you go. Next up. All righty. Dark Crisis introduces a new DC multiverse tied to the Flash. Okay, so this is uh, related to Dark Crisis number four which indicates uh, in the cover art and solicit information reveal uh, or indicate the birth of a new multiverse that is directly tied to the Flash, maybe Flashpoint stuff? Maybe. 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 Mm. Pure conjecture on our part. Sure. Okay, next up. Uh, Batman and... Wait. Batman, Lois, and Superman's parents all have a new favorite superhero thanks to Superman's son of Kal-El number 12, which is out, I believe, this week. Um, and that uh, new favorite superhero is... Crypto! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently. So, and I use... The, the Crypto's a dog, I'm, I'm assuming... Yes, yes, it is Crypto the Dog. 
uh, and as we're watching, uh, as I'm looking at a, a panel, as I'm looking at a page from the book. So that's funny. All right, next. Oh, this is actually a pretty cool story. Yes. New cover art for Opus Comics' Bill and Ted Roll the Dice show the two wild stallions. Excellent! Head out on a Dungeons and Dragons-like quest. The new covers come from artist Lucas Kettner. In the artwork, Bill and Ted are heading down into hell, battling demons and meeting some familiar faces they've encountered on past adventures. One of the covers shows Rufus, the pair's time-traveling mentor from the future, fighting a monster on his own while his time machine phone booth flies behind him. That's pretty cool. And the, let, the, uh, the, the style of the lettering is also very evocative of the Dungeons & Dragons manual covers of, yep. I believe, second edition. Yep. Indeed. So seriously, that's a really cool homage. Excellent! That's also kind of look like the old, I guess it's in the same vein, the old TSR stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, if you're watching the video, you are, you are seeing me trying to flip through uh some of the covers <laughs> it's a new four issue monthly series and the first issue is going to release june 20th mm-hmm. oh no 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 i'm sorry it releases june 15th number one. Oh, wait so that's this week oh, that's week oh but this is opus comics so i don't know if we got yeah, a copy no, i don't think we have get yeah. make a special request for it yeah and i don't think uh i've seen them in those other places so yeah this is could be a uh well, we'll check into it, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, like like we said, we may have to make a special request to get our hands on this. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, uh, Christopher. It's a preview for Christopher Priest's and Montos's uh, entropy book from Heavy Metal. So the uh, the first issue of Heavy Metal's new event series Entropy will introduce a new villain who will connect to the uh, connect into the Tarna lore. Written by Black Panther and Justice League writer Christopher Priest, with interior art by Montos, colored by Brian Valenza, and letters by Willie Schubert. The series will feature main covers by Bjorn Behrens from King Spawn. Uh, apparently, the first issue arrives at the, your local comic shop in July, but you can get the first look um, at a preview in this article. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that out. Next. Yeah, I was just taking a look at our copies this week. We did not get a copy of this Bill and Ted. Oh no, yeah, I think we'd have. We'd have uh, I feel like one of us would have. One of both of us would have uh, at least taken a look out. at it. Mm-hmm. All right, writer Alex Segura is teaming up with Red Sonia artist Emiliana Pina Pina for Scarlet Sisters, a one-shot comic starring Lady Satan. Uh, Masquerade and the Women in Red. All three are Golden Age superheroines whom Dynamite has incorporated into its Project Superpowers universe. And uh, let's see. This is... Is there an, uh, a release date for this? Let's see. Uh, September 2022. Yeah, September, yeah, September later this year. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'll save that one for next week. But last and sadly not least, um, some sad news. Uh, Tim Sale, the artist behind iconic Batman stories, uh, including The Long Halloween, dies at 66. So uh, DC pays tribute to Sale's groundbreaking page designs, and I'm sure we will see some coming up. 
the news was broke via a tweet posted on his official Twitter account. Uh, he died on... Actually, he died uh, today, as of this recording, mm-hmm. to Thursday, um, uh, June 16th. So, and it says here, uh, it is with heavy sadness that I must announce that Tim Sales passed away today. He passed with the love of his life beside him uh, and loves all of you very much. Please share photos and stories under this post as we hope to share them with the community. The tweet reads. So, um, but yeah, and the article goes on to um, to uh, talk about the some of the things that um, uh, Tim Sales has um, um, done art for. So, and I know Agent uh, Seventy has something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to drop my virtual background here for er, the, for everyone's benefit just for a second because I had the honor, the pleasure of meeting Tim Sale in person. I was a fan of his work. I have copies of Long Halloween and um uh uh I forget what the um I forget what the other big Batman story that uh, he's known for, but I do have a copy of Superman for All Seasons. Um, I do have uh, the Marvel work that he did, including uh, Captain America White, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow. I actually went down to my books just to see if I had Hulk Gray, but I think I may have missed out on Hulk Gray. Um, I couldn't find it alphabetically. I'm wondering if it's uh, misplaced. It's not in my um, it's not in my uh, my whatchamacallit, my uh, my comic book database either, my collector's database. So. I was kind of disappointed to learn that I did have something missing from his um, the color-coded books that he did for Marvel. But I wanted to show a, a sketch that I had Tim Sale do from his very quick, very simple, but it was a Captain America sketch. This is in the wake of him doing Captain America White number zero, but there was a long wait for the rest of that Captain America White book. But here is uh, the sketch. I'm holding it up to the screen. So uh, this is another reason for everyone uh, who listens solely via podcast to take a look at our video content once in a while. It's a really nice, clean Captain America sketch. And, uh, you know, he was, he was really nice in person. You know, this is a long time ago. This sketch is probably circa 2000. It's, it's, it's after 2007. So it's probably 2007, 2008. It might be in 2007. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure exactly when this was, but it was in that time frame. So it's, it's, it's been a long time. You know, so, you know, we, we, we send our sincerest condolences to Tim Sale's family, uh, friends. And- Everything okay, Roddy? Everything okay? You are muted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I hit a video that apparently played and shouldn't have, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, like it's a, a sad note to go out on, but nevertheless, uh, we 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 must do so. Like I said, um, uh, condolences to his um, loved ones, family, and all that stress. Um, let us go into our last ad read. Our last ad read of the night. We've been going for a while tonight, folks. So you know what we read when it's late. 
keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Whoops. And as we come to the end of uh, this here show, boop, there we go. Uh, I'd like to thank each and every one of you folks for coming out. Um, we will be back next week, as we tend to do. Uh, there will be another the, the last episode of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've got another episode of uh, Miss Marvel. I suspect... And uh, I should probably wait and mention this for the for the penultimate episode of Miss Marvel, but I suspect we're probably going to see Brie, uh, Brie Larson at the end of it, or maybe a scroll. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. it's a very they, strong possibility because there has to be some way of them uh, bridging this to the Marvels. Um, which. Yeah, I can't imagine it going any other way, but we'll, hey, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that is something for a later later time. Um, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, PCN. Wow, how did that happen? Uh, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account, um, the Click Nation on Twitter, and theclicknation.com. Also, you can find him more often the, the at uh, comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. And looks like they might have gotten that thing fixed that I mentioned at the end of last week's show. So here's here's hoping that uh, that our stuff shows up uh, uh, properly on the site. Uh, you can also find this here podcast on the podcast uh, your podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. on uh, the YouTube channel of The uh, Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Yeah. And that's it, folks. Uh, we'll check you out next week. Same bat time, same channel. We will check you out later. This has been The, co- this has been the, the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. And knowing is half the battle. 